Welcome to episode 188 of Comic Timing, a comics podcast for the two, the average comic book fan from the average comic book fan. Joining as Brent Casino, rotating panel of guests, aka Brandon, and myself, Ian Levisine, discuss whatever comes to mind, time after time, here on Comic Timing. We didn't quite pod fade, we just took a nap, and now we're waking up. And we've read some stuff, and we've watched some stuff, and we've done some stuff, probably. Listen to the episode and find out. Here now, Comic Timing. Hey there, folks. My name is Ian Levisine, and welcome to episode 188 of Comic Timing. And uh, yeah, do not adjust your feeds. It is a new episode, although this is probably the second new episode we've gotten in a couple of days since I finally released a C2E2 tape since this episode came out. But anyway, Brent Casina is returning to the airwaves as well, uh, even though he's been on YouTube now for a while and released a couple of BK's bullets. I was going to say, you better give some BK's Bullets credit, because I've been keeping us afloat. Yes, you have, man. Yes, At you least have. Between- yep. The, uh, the E3 uh, re- reaction... At uh, least. Yeah, the, the, E3, the E3 reaction was our June release. It was a mega episode, three hours long. Damn. What are you, Raging Bullets? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and Brandon's back here, too, uh, and uh, he... Uh, boy, are his arms tired, I guess? Because... Apparently, he does nothing but work these days, right, Brandon? Uh, all day, er day. Er boy. Er boy. Somebody yeah. needs a break. Er boy. Yeah. Although, you did go to Shady uh, Maple, I... you bastard. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was my vacation. Uh, I had 10 days of no work. It was glorious. Nice. Nice. Staycationed it? And I brought... Staycationed it, and I got myself some pizza bread. Lucky bastard! Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening. Especially when it's bread. You can eat whatever you want. And pizzas, well, pizzas, Wait, bread makes you fat, guys. Uh, bread makes you fat? Yeah. Ah! I, can witness, I can witness to that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at them carbs. Look at them carbs. I had some delicious pizza for lunch. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, we're back. Uh, this is going to be a pretty uh, uh, standard conversation episode. Uh, next week, we're going to be recording, and hopefully that'll be out within another week or two after this just catching up on a whole bunch of uh, comic book movies of the summer uh, and pre-summer a little bit uh, that uh, that we all watched, and uh, we'll have a guest on that episode, but you'll hear about that later on. Anyway, yeah, let's let's talk some comics, shall we? Because that's what we do on this show, and apparently timing is no longer relevant since this show hasn't come out in about two months. But anyway, uh, we're still sponsored by DCBS, whether they know it or not, at Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com where uh, you can still get fantastic discounts on all of your books, including 40% off of Marvel, DC, Image, and Dark Horse single issues, and 50% off of Marvel and DC hardcovers and trades, and uh, bundles, 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 oh, those bundles, oh, how we love bundles. And uh, also their digital storefront can save you a little extra cheddar when you make your purchase from DCBS physical so go ahead and check them out over at dcbservice.com. Discount Comic Book Service, the place to go. Unless, of course, you're buying from Amazon with a discount, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, yeah, so uh, what have we all been up to since last we spoke? Oh, right, Brent, you're having a second kid. I'm having another one. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh-huh. Because one wasn't enough. <laughs> yep, that's what they say. <laughs> Cool, 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 and uh, and I mean, I'm not 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 a, a spoiler, but uh, but by the time the next episode comes out, you should know what the sex is. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you'll keep us on the edge of our seats. It'll be a cliffhanger. 
Uh, I, what, what you been up to, man? What you been reading? Uh, I've been reading a lot of stuff on Comixology Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Um, I was subscribing to that service mainly to dip my toe into the the indie universe, and I've been reading some Valiant stuff. I read Eternal Warrior Volume One and Two, mm-hmm. and Exo Manowar Volume One through Four. Ooh, how, how's Exo? <clears throat> it was pretty interesting. The art's really good. Um, just in the middle of the first volume of Archer and Armstrong, and that's got uh, Clayton Henry on art, and that's pretty good. So, uh, been reading that, trying to keep up with Secret Empire, which is kind of a disappointment. And oh, um, I downloaded some Jodorowsky stuff that's on there on uh, Comixology Unlimited. Uh, ah. Mobi- Jodorowsky and Mobius, the Black Ankle, and then the Meta Barons. I haven't dipped my toe into there yet, but they are ready and waiting. Did you ever watch the documentary about Jodorowsky's attempt at Dune? Uh, I did not. I want. I want to. It it is really really freaky. Like I I, I mean the weirdest part of it is that we would have had a Dune movie star uh, with Mick Jagger as one of the leads, and uh, Dali. Like he would have. He he actually had gone to the artist Dali, uh, and and asked him if he would appear in the movie, and he said. Sure, why not? Uh, it, as long as it's only for like 15 minutes and you pay for my flight and you pay for my hotel room and you pay for my food, then I'm fine. And he's like, okay, wow. we'll do it. And uh, yeah, and then everything fell apart and a lot of the stuff that was planned for that movie wound up like going through Hollywood and a lot of the like, basically a lot of the like pre-production art in that you saw in movies like alien and star wars and stuff like that like it was way ahead of its time and had it been in the planning phases after star wars it probably would have happened yeah i've I heard about him from uh the comic book girl 19 show on youtube mm-hmm. she's like a big fan of his and she did a whole thing on a couple of his comics and stuff like that, and that Jodorowsky's Dune documentary. So yeah. I was like, this sounds batshit insane, so <laughs> should check it out. I, I, I actually watched the documentary, and then I watched uh, David Lynch's Dune, and uh, ooh, that's rough. Ooh, that's rough. That is a bad movie. That is very I've, I've never seen that one, but I do remember watching the sci-fi miniseries uh-huh. in the 2000s. Yeah. The, for at least the first one. I, know they, I think they made two or three after that. Mm-hmm. But I remember watching that with my dad and not knowing what the hell is going on. <laughs> but the spice must flow. Oh, stop. <laughs> oh, I've seen the movie before. I've seen the 80s doing it. It's, oh. yeah. Isn't David uh, Bowie in that one? Uh, No. No, you're, th- no, you're thinking of Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and Labyrinth, I actually have tickets to see it at uh, Draft House here in Brooklyn on April on August 2nd. So that'll that'll be another uh, trip through time, to say the least. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, David Bowie's <clears throat> going to sing you a song. <laughs> but I, I tell you what I did take advantage of. Yeah. I, uh, the Amazon Marvel glitch mm-hmm. that was on the on the Kindle books. Oh, my God. I spent oh, so much yeah. money. All, all, the, all the cheap digital stuff, right? It was, yeah. Ever, so basically, uh, if you missed it, and this is why you should at least check Bleeding Cool once a day because they're the only ones that covered this thing mm-hmm. until like much much later. But they let me they they let everybody know at least on their site that all every Marvel digital offering like trade paperback was on like super sale, like ninety eight to you know seventy five percent off. It was insane. 
Um, I got volumes of, I got the entire run of the new Avengers in trade uh, digitally for like, you know, 98 cents a volume or a dollar. Most things were like fluctuated between like a dollar 20 to three dollars. The really expensive volumes were four dollars and seven (laughs) dollars. Um, hey, so I got spender. the entire run of New Avengers in trade, Dark nice. Avengers in trade. Nice. Civil War Two in trade was super cheap. Okay. Um, the Miller and Jansen um, collections, like the Omnibus or whatever, the digital ones. Oh yeah, yeah. Those are normally like thirty dollars, I think, on Comicsology. I picked them up for like seven each. Amazing. I got the entire run of Ultimate Spider-Man on in trade. So. Uh, and then I got the the Deadpool Adamantium collection, which I think normally is like, um, I don't know, sixty seventy five bucks. That was super cheap, yeah. like seven bucks. And that was more of a like, I don't really know if I want to read this, but for that cheap, I'll I'll try it out because I haven't read a bunch of Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that same week, the Clone Conspiracy, like hardcover, had just come out in stores and yeah. also in digital. That collection. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like a $30 thing, and I got it for five or six bucks. Nice. So we never, I picked up the Vision in trade, so I'm excited to read that. Vision's so good. Um, what else did I get? Avengers Initiative, got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Iron Man, uh, Matt Fraction Iron Man run, I got all that. So basically, I spent 88 I got like 86 items for $200. Wow. And then I got reamed by Amanda like three days later. <laughs> Well, well, and it was it was the Kindle has the one click buying on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So my my bank sent me a new debit card days later because it was a bunch of small transactions on on my Amazon account. Oh, lovely! <laughs> <laughs> well, and apparently that I was not the only person that 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 happened to. I, I can imagine. Yeah. Well, well, well look. I mean, on, on the bright side, I mean, it's not just reading for you; it's reading for me. So that's that just makes me very happy because yes. You know, now I get to read those whenever I want to too. Although, mind you, they're they're almost all on Marvel Unlimited, Marvel Unlimited already, and I do pay for that. But uh, Comicsology is yeah. so much easier to read. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen the Marvel Unlimited had their thing for like ninety nine cents for a month or whatever. But I'm like, you know, I have Comicsology Unlimited for the indie stuff that I was exploring, and I was read a bunch of stuff from Image that was really good. Yeah. Um, Fatal and Lazarus. Like a majority of those trades are on uh, Comicsology Unlimited. What else did I read? Um, anyway, but yeah, and then they Marvel added themselves to that program. They don't yes. have everything on there. It's really a, a really a more limited selection than some of the other ones. So I was like, and I've most of Marvel stuff I've read. So I, I, we'll, I see, we'll see if they integrate themselves with comicsology a little bit more. Who knows? Well, and, and and to rant to rant slightly, and to go off of what you what you're talking about about you know getting books for you know way cheap, um, dear Marvel, charging uh, how much was it for issue? Yeah, charging nine ninety nine for Amazing Spider Man number twenty five digitally is probably not a good idea. <laughs> like I understand. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I I understand that that book was like. I think maybe like a hundred pages in in print, but there is no way in hell I'm spending ten dollars on one issue of a comic book, and I I, I know eventually there's going to be a sale for that entire run, 
And I can easily skip issues 25 and 26 of Amazing Spider-Man until they wind up on Unlimited to read them because those are also essentially the two issues of, of Spider-Man that were not a part of Marvel's digital uh, code program because for that very short time, they got rid of it and then brought it back due to every single person complaining. Like, I'm sure there were, like, maybe three people that were like, well, I mean, I get I get books that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Like, yeah, no, no, screw that. I want the digital copy of of a physical book more than I want some random book that I wasn't even going to read in the first place. Oh, and the terrible thing about their replacement program was that it was three books you'd probably already read. Yeah, and exactly. at the very least, it wasn't even, I don't even think it was a full trade, right? Like, it was the first issue of that. Yep storyline exactly yeah so if you bought 10 marvel books that week okay so you got three books three digital copies of a book you've probably already read yep yeah you know times 10 exactly yeah and and that's and that's exactly what they were doing um and and mind you like they they went back to their old style of like also throwing in random number ones of of books that i wouldn't have read uh that i might be interested in like for instance uh i know that the the number one of like Venom was included in I think Amazing Spider-Man twenty-eight, and uh, the number one of that Doctor Strange like team-up book was included in I think issue twenty-seven of Spider-Man that I, that I wound up getting. But you know, I'm I'm one of those people who goes on the Reddit to Reddit.com/r/comiccodes to buy dollar comics rather than pay the crazy prices they charge digitally because you know these are people who buy the the physical copies and they've got all these extras so you know like hey why don't i you know get a dollar back from what i paid for the uh the physical price by charging somebody a dollar for the digital online and you know that's how i get a bunch of my comicsology stuff and so yeah i will have issues 25 and 26 when they are on sale but not before then because I fi- I filled in my gaps on the clone conspiracy because I had a ninety nine cent sale there, so now now right, those yeah. are the, those are literally the only two that I'm missing on Amazing Spider Man, and eventually I'll get them I'm sure. No nine ninety nine for digital issue? You fucking kidding me? No, just no, guys. Well, it's it's bad enough that Marvel still waits like six months to uh, drop the price of their single issues. Like yes, I remember DC went from one month to two months, and that seemed like a long time, and. I just quit caring because I stopped buying as much DC. Yeah. Uh, now I should care, but I'm just I can't <laughs> wait to read all the rebirth stuff. Yeah. But that's pretty much all I'm buying in uh, Walking Dead saga and maybe one other title. Okay. Yeah. Uh, digitally, but uh, Secret Empire I'm picking up digitally because I want to stay on top of that. I guess I don't know why. <laughs> Brandon, thoughts on digital? Uh, I mean, obviously you would like digital to be cheaper, but I mean, come on, man! Like actually charging like full price for for physical comics digitally at this point. Like I understand trying to appease the comic shops, but aren't we past that at this point? Uh, we, at least we should be. I mean, 999 for a hundred issue, hundred, hundred page issue is still ridiculous, even in physical form. Yep. I mean, you can go back and look at hundred page giants from, I don't know, God, God knows how long ago for five or six bucks at the time. And that was expensive then, but to double the price now, even for inflation, that's still an, obscene amount to charge for a physical and then you charge that amount in digital also yeah that's not going to draw you any readers in i mean the idea of digital was to draw readers in who wouldn't normally read their books for a reduced price right see if they can see if they can stick on to them and then hop on to physical books yeah 
Yeah. I, mean, I think I think Stuart Immerman, if I'm not uh, if I'm wrong, please correct me, but he did draw a lot more pages in that book than normal. Like it wasn't your twenty page Stuart Immerman issues. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a double or triple issue for him, but still a hundred pages. You know, you know, a majority of it was him, but there were still other things that you know, weren't relevant to the book or you right. get like the stupid joke comics and short story by point, Giuseppe Comicoli like, also. I mean, Giuseppe, Giuseppe's a great artist uh, as well. So that yeah, he, he's that a good there. artist, but there's still some fill, what felt like filler stuff yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I would love to, cause they never released the numbers digi- on digital because, so we'll never know how much this sold. I would love to see how much this sold in comparison to other issues of, of Amazing Spider-Man. Like, just how many people have done exactly what I'm doing and are just holding off for, like, a sale somewhere down the line so that they don't have to pay this stupid amount for that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know what they did on the Amazon sale. That's what I want to know. Yeah, right. You know, Um, how many many individual users spent... You know, hundreds of dollars. Yeah, I think I just only, because it was like click, 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 click. I think I only got like like maybe two or three. Oh, you know what? I I think I double dipped and rebought Vision Volume One and Two digitally. So I do have that. Um, and I think I bought the first two volumes of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Um, just because mm-hmm. I wanted to check it out. So that's that. But I I was I was proud of myself for not going too crazy on that shit because, like I said, I, I have unlimited to begin with. I don't need to like spend crazy amounts on Marvel, and if it, if it had been DC that had this glitch, then I would have easily bought every single Rebirth thing I could, I could get my hands on, just to, just to have it in my account also, because why the fuck not? Oh, I'm, I'm praying for a DC glitch. There's so many things I could <laughs> I could repurchase that I've gotten rid of my single issues or something like that for. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, what have you been doing when you haven't been working? I mean, have you been watching stuff at least? Did he, did he drop out again? Oh, yeah, well, hey, there we go. Watching stuff, I've been I'm reading a lot of back issues, though, so mainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what type of back issues? No, I've been, I've been reading a lot of back issues again. Yeah, uh, that, yeah I know, dude. Uh, you're... you're... <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love when your internet gets crappy because then you wind up on like a five second delay. Um, you're like, uh, 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 yeah. oh yeah, you're talking to me. <laughs> We've been waiting for ten seconds. I know. Uh, no, what what back issues of what uh, specifically? If you if you d- hear this in the next five seconds, blink. Judd Winks, the Outsiders. Ooh, nice. Yeah, so I went back and read the first two issues again. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the rest of them in my in my collection, uh, but. Man, that book is so '90s. That weird metamorpho clone. That was yeah, Mason. Yeah, Shift Thunder was it Grace also too. Mm-hmm. I liked Grace. She was fun. Oh, yeah, she was fun. That wasn't uh, even the '90s though. That was that was like early 2000s. That's 2000s. Yeah, it's 2003. But those ads in that book scream. Pre Infinite Crisis. Just yeah, just before Infinite Crisis actually. Yep. Yeah, uh, before Teen was it. Uh, yeah, after Teen Titans, uh, Teen Titans, Titans. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, Young Justice Titans. Actually, there we go. Yes, right. And then, and then Outsiders and uh, and the New Titans book. Uh, yeah, spawned spawn out of that. Yeah. But yeah, good good stuff though. I mean, I, I, of course, it's Joe Winnick, so the storytelling's fun. I yeah. Who, who did the artwork? It was um, uh, Tom Rainey on artwork also. Uh, too, so. Mandrake actually. Hmm? Was it Rainey or no, Mandrake? No, Tom Rainey started it. Oh, up. it was yeah. Rainey. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. 
he's a beast. I don't know what what he's doing lately. I haven't seen him on much. Yeah, let me let me take a look. I always liked his art style. Yeah, he he he's yeah. Of, I don't know. Jed Winnick hasn't been doing any comics for a while too. Winnick well, he's got high low. Yeah, Winnick Winnick is doing some indie stuff, but uh, nothing for DC ever since okay. uh, early rebirth. He's been out of there. Oh, well, yeah. I liked him. Yeah, I know. So, so did I. He, I liked him on the real world. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see. I'm trying, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to go back and read that. I'm trying to go back and read a lot of the old like Titans books also too. Just you know, fill in my knowledge of that stuff. Yeah, I'm looking looking to see what he's done recently. Uh, not much. Yeah, not much. I think I think the the last real thing on his resume was a was a, a variant cover to Invincible Iron Man back in 2017. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so he, he, he's either doing a lot of indie stuff or he's just, you know, keeping it keeping it on the down low for now. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I always enjoyed his uh, his artwork. It was it was gritty, but it wasn't so gritty where uh, it looked loose. Now, it, for, it reminded me of like a, a little bit of Vertigo house style a little bit from uh, DC stuff. Yeah. Which is why I liked it. Especially uh, with the coloring on the book. Mm-hmm. It really made the book look a lot different than, uh, you know, what was it going out at the time? So I think that's when they got that style revamp across the board for all the books, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Titan, Teen Titans looked, Teen Titans looked similar to it also as well. Right. I'm trying to, did Action and Superman look that way also as well? I don't remember. Well, that was, uh, I mean, God, who did the art on Teen Titans? I'm trying to remember. Uh, Mike McCone. There you go. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah, yeah. McCone and uh, and Rainey do have some uh, pretty similar style. Especially with the uh, with the with the color artists they had on there too, yeah. uh, they really, really brought a lot of vibrant colors in those books, which mm-hmm. is you're not used to in seeing in DC. You usually think vibrant colors and think Marvel, especially because they're of uh, their uh, their uh, their house color artists. Yeah, but uh, the book is really good, really fun still. Well, speaking of uh, of Titans, uh, I actually uh, right here on my nightstand, I I've, I got from the library a volume one of uh, the Rebirth Titans. Uh, mm-hmm. That uh, Abnett and uh, uh, Brett Booth and uh, Norm Ratman worked on, uh, the Return of Wally West. So I'm looking forward to reading that. And uh, that that actually, I'd say the art style in that Booth is churning a little bit from from Rainey. Like I, f- I feel I feel like he he might have gone further away from his uh, Michael Turner roots a little bit uh, in this. He's he. It's pretty still pretty close to what he was doing on Flash mm-hmm. right before that run. Yeah. So it's it's still Brett Booth, but I I've I've learned to love Brett Booth. Like his art style works for the zany new fifty two ish costumes that uh you know the Wally West Flash had. Right. Or has now and yeah. uh, what's you know uh what's his face? Barry's wearing right now and stuff like that. It's yeah. It's zany and detailed enough for all that extra stuff. I do appreciate that Wally West is just going by Flash, by the way, and that they're not trying to like kid him because he's not a kid. Yeah, I'm not sure if I like the the red hair and the red suit combo. It looks a little monochromatic, and yeah, it's I can like, see that. why don't you just put a helmet on the guy? Or, I don't know. <laughs> But, but, but I, like, I don't, I never liked the Ethan Van Skyver redesign that he had for uh, five pages in, re, in Flash Rebirth. Yeah, yeah. That no. looked terrible. Right. That, that, that one, it looked like they were trying to do his Justice League Unlimited look, but not exactly. Well, they gave him a full nose uh, headpiece. Oh, right. Yeah, which was like the and, equivalent of Iron Man with ears. It just didn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whose bright idea was it to give Iron Man ears back in the day? Like, what the, what the hell, man? <laughs> He's a helmet. They gotta go somewhere. 
Yeah, under the helmet. God. I, I did. Maybe he had sweaty ears that needed to breathe. <sighs> so I, I joined the, uh, the quote-unquote tablet revolution, Brent, because uh, I, I haven't had a tablet, a tablet worth a damn in a while, and uh, shipping to me sometime within the next couple of weeks, I took advantage of Prime Day and, uh, and made myself a purchase. I got a, uh, a Fire HD 8, so uh, that only put me back, I think, 80 bucks. Wow! Yeah, that cheap. Yeah, exactly. No, what are they regularly? They're regularly a hundred. That cheap? Yeah, they are. Uh, Amazon, Amazon believes in in making things cheap, expecting you to then stay within their ecosystem and make the money back that way. Because it's it's a thirty two gigabyte tablet with a SD slot expander, and yeah, um, but. I'm glad I went 32 instead of 16 because I have 16 on my phone right now and I always run into issues with that. With with 32, I know that I'll be able to, you know, use it for what I want to use it, which is mainly comics and, you know, movies when I'm on the go and stuff like that and be able to use it just fine. Like, I don't need this thing to be a, to be a gaming tablet because I barely even use my, my you know, my, my portable stuff to begin with and I have a Switch. So that's, that's my main, uh, you know, portable device at the moment along with my 3ds um so you know i'm sure I'll, I'll play a few things on it it's just like it's not like an immediate priority for me to do it um but i know i'm gonna read more comics with a tablet than i was with my phone because the phone is the phone is convenient but it's also way small and i just uh, you know i i just i just have a i i know myself well enough to know that if it's close to, to actual paper size i will read it more often and for a hundred yeah the- yeah come on yeah, you can't beat that. And my groan was out of uh, excitement for that SD card expansion. Oh, okay. You know, God forbid Apple ever do that, which they'll never do. <laughs> yeah, well, well nope. go ahead, Brennan. I'm just agreeing. No, they're not going to do that. Yeah. Well, no, they're not. Because yeah. they, I paid extra for my iPad Air 2 when I bought that last year mm-hmm. to get a 64 gigabyte. Yeah. Yeah, and I... The only the only issue I have with the SD card expansion and Android specifically is that it doesn't it doesn't work perfectly. Um, like you can only really use it for for files, and then it's a pain in the ass actually like transferring say like apps over to the SD card. But I figure I'm I'm gonna have way less of an issue with that with 32 gigabytes to begin with anyway. So you know, I'll roll with that and and see how I like it. I know it's the the iPad definitely has a better screen, but. I'm only gonna need that screen for enough, and it it'll work on that. Plus, I have so many, I have so many humble bundle image books that I haven't actually read yet that I, I'll be able to load up on that and and read, and finally get myself through it digitally. That you know, I, I think it just it, it paid for itself essentially. So yeah, I mean, like f- f- to be perfectly honest, the I had that iPad two uh, before I had this Air two. Yeah. And that that screen worked, and I still would want to zoom in a little bit to. Uh, to read the word balloons on Comixology, but mm-hmm. that I don't think that was a full like a HD screen. Uh, the resolution was a little low compared to what's available now. So right. as, as long as your resolution on that screen can do you know 720 or 1080p, mm-hmm. you'll be perfectly fine with. The, I think you'll be perf- perfectly fine with the Comixology stuff because um, it's not a mini, right? It's no. like a full size. It's a, it's an eight inch like iPad size. Yeah, it's, a, it's an eight inch tablet. Okay. Yeah, you should. Should be okay to read it full page if you want to do it that way. This display resolution is uh, twelve eighty by eight hundred. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it should be 
should be fine, but yeah. you know, personal taste and everything. Mm-hmm. If anything, you can do the fit to width mm-hmm. option on Comixology or okay. you know your PDFs and just scroll that way. That's true. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, plus, plus, I feel like especially now that Amazon uh, owns Comixology, I don't know. It's just I feel like it made it made sense for me to go with an Amazon tablet. Considering that you know it's it's a lot easier just one touch like even with uh, with Kindle stuff, and then it's immediately available for you on Comicsology. Like okay, sure, you know just open up the Comicsology app, read it that way. I'm I'm you know browsing Amazon one way, and then boom, just go ahead and open up the app, and and you're good to go. And I did <clears throat> I did actually take advantage of another Prime Day sale. Uh, they had uh, physical books available. If you spent fifteen dollars or more on their uh, on Amazon, you could get $5 back. So I bought uh, Volume 5 of Wicked and the Divine and the latest two volumes of the Avatar The Last Airbender comic. Because, uh, take, a, take a wild guess as to how long ago I stopped buying from, discount, from DCBS, like, uh, regularly, like, like, full orders. Like, because, I, mean, I mean, you know, you guys know that I basically went, you know, trades in digital a while ago, so it didn't make sense for me to make a monthly order. Like, like, re- Put a guess out there, Brandon. How long has it been? Uh, nine months to a year. Okay. Brent? Five months. Okay. I placed my last order in November, and I just got my books two weeks ago. <laughs> because uh, the way... say, what's your order? Well, the, the, way, the way that companies like that work and i mean i totally understand it because you know it's your last order so you know they're they're not gonna mail you out like two comics uh if you're waiting on them i had i had ordered in that shipment bitch planet volume two and talk about a late book bitch planet is months behind schedule um they Mm. they they took they took a delay and uh, they didn't actually cancel the trade so it was sitting there in my car, and I figured, you know, I'm, I'm so behind on everything else. I'm not dying for it, so I'll just go ahead and let it go, let it go, let it go. And, yeah, it just shipped to me two weeks ago because Bitch Planet Volume 2 literally just came out, like, at the beginning of the month of June. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, wow. Yeah, their uh, number 9 came out October 19th, <laughs> and 10 came out April 19th. Oof. Damn. Yeah, uh, wow, I just I, I was looking at the Comicsology image stuff that's on Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Looking at stuff I read and uh, clicked on it as you were talking about it. <laughs> yeah, Jeez, is it is it is this a Heinberg book? Uh, no, but it might as well be. I uh, I mean, seriously. Yeah, th- there was there were some issues with the art. I I know that uh, I think the artist actually had some personal issues that they had to deal with, so they had to delay the book because of that. I mean, something similar happened with uh, I remember Secret Six when that first started coming out over at uh, DC, the latest book. That they had to delay that a month or two due to personal issues. So I, I don't even I, remember what happened to that volume. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, did it ever finish? It did. Yeah, no, they came to a natural conclusion. It's just I think I think the trade came out. I think so, but it didn't last more than like seven or eight issues. I know they did reintroduce. I mean, spoilers, but it was all over the internet, so I'm, most people know by now. Like, I mean, it, they did reintroduce Ralph Dibney into the book, so he is oh. now in the uh, in the main universe, and apparently. A casting call went out for the Flash TV show that Ralph Dimney will be in this new season. Well, they they had pictures today that, uh, what's his name, Kenyon Lionsdale in Barry's Flash suit. Ooh, nice. He looks terrible. Like, obviously, (laughs) it's pretty obvious that whatever cow they made for him doesn't fit him very well. Oh, God. 
Oh, poor Keenan. I mean, like, I, I'm sure they made the rest because he's a bigger dude than uh, Grant Gustin mm-hmm. in terms of, like, you know, width of your arms and stuff, and he's taller. So I'm sure it was custom-made for him, but whatever they did for the helmet, like, it just looks awkward on his his face. Okay, so I'm bringing it up now. Uh, let's see if I can find... Oh, you're right, yeah. Yeah, that's not a, that's not a... That's not exactly a smooth look there. Like, like whatever they did for... I don't know, it's weird because... His Kid Flash costume, he looks great in, like mm-hmm. the helmet or face mask, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But whatever whatever that top does, you know, because it – or however they shaped the the little blades underneath his uh, eyeballs there. Yeah. Doesn't, it's not flattering, that's for sure. This should have been the future Barry design because I think that would have looked a lot better on him. That future Barry design was great. Yeah. I hope they bring that uh. back. Yeah. I, I agree. With the, um, more yellow in it, basically. Yeah, right? exactly. I, and I feel like that would have worked a lot better for for his his body type, his body shape. Like yeah. that, that would have worked. So I want to go back to um, reading recommendations. Yeah, sure. I've, you would be proud of me, Ian. I've read thanks to Comicsology Unlimited. I read a lot of indie stuff that Good. I really liked. It's about damn time. And and I want to give praise to Image because for their 25th anniversary, they're basically putting out a bunch. They're attempting to put out a bunch of complete series on comiXology unlimited and i guess the idea is that they are going to stay there interesting okay um so definitely check some of these out so the sword by the lunar brothers good is on there how is it it was excellent i need to read it yeah excellent speaking of lunar brothers alex and ada yeah uh the entire thing is well no was on there excuse me (laughs) i See, when, when they added these, they added the entire series, Volume 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. I read the entire thing. Yeah. Great. Now I'm looking at it, and it's only Volume 1 and 2. Interesting. So, and I noticed oh, on my last business trip last month, I've downloaded uh, Lazarus by Greg Rucka and I think Michael Lark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had Volume 1, 2, 3, and 4 on there. So I read those, and then I came back and checked them back in because you, like, you know, borrow the book and then... When you're done with it, you press return book. Now, Unlimited on Comixology only has volume one through three. And four was the best one so far. Um, all of the Manhattan Projects is on there. Oh, I have not awesome. read that yet. Okay. Um, but I, it's in my uh, borrow queue. The Fade Out by uh, Brubaker and uh, Sean Phillips. That entire thing is on there. That was good. I need to read uh, that. Interesting little thing about like uh, movie studios in the 40s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, Thief of Thieves, which I thought was a Kirkman thing, but it seems like Kirkman is like the showrunner, and then they have a new writer each issue or each volume. Um, and here's another weird one. I read volume one through four on there earlier in the year. Now it's only volume one through three. So I don't know if volume five or six. No, I read one through five. Huh. And they have volume six that I haven't read, but that ha- they removed volume four and five on there. I feel I feel so like I feel of, like you're giving weird. me some sort of code right now. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea what code. Well, no, I'm I'm saying like like it sounds like you're giving me some sort of like cheat code for a video game right now with like all the like okay well well five was there but six is gone but seven is there but eight is gone nine oh, is there but uh, twelve is gone. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just looking at like what's available and I like know, what I the know. hell. Yeah. Um, I think Morning Glories is on there. Mm-hmm. Again, everything but the last four volumes, half of it is on there. 
Yeah, I have the, um, I have the first volume. Of, own. I, I actually have the first volume of Alexanada. I forgot about that as part of my bundle. So I, I need to maybe I can read that once I get my uh, new tablet. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I also recommend Letter Forty Four. That's on Comicsology Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty good. Uh, who who writes it? Hold on, Charles Soule writes it. So volumes one and two are on there. So that's all I've read. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Um, so yeah, I've been dipping my toe into into some indies. Nice. Speaking of, uh, and actually speaking of of indies, I, I mean, well, it depends on if you want to call it an indie, an indie or not. But because uh, I, I I went the humble bundle just to see what I had just now. A, a reminder: this this will probably come out in the next twelve days, so you do have time to get this. But right now on the humble comics bundle is a Jack Kirby bundle. Including uh, the a whole bunch of issues of the Jack Kirby Collector. Um, you've got the uh, Young Romance volumes that he worked on. A whole bunch of Alter Ego stuff. Uh, Silver Star is in there. Uh, Superman: The First Wave of Comic Book uh, Heroes, uh, 1936 to 1941. The entire book is on there. Uh, plus uh, Kirby Genesis uh, issues zero to eight. Uh, plus a whole bunch of other Kirby Genesis stuff. Uh, the the secret history of Marvel Comics is on there, um, and and you could you could get if you pay fifteen dollars or more, you get all that, and that's all digitally, uh, no DRM whatsoever. You can read it anywhere you want, and I, I think I'm jumping on that because that that's that's not like a damn good deal, and that's that's comic book history right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the Kirby you can you can want basically. Mm, Kirby. Mm-hmm. Eat those dots. Oh, jeez. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Kirby crack all. Yes. All the way. Mm-hmm. Did you see? Um, did you see the Black Panther images that came out yesterday? Oh, yeah. yes, yes. Mm, much yes. less the fucking trailer. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, no. Actually, oh, let's, my god. Let's, let's talk about the trailer because that that came out since the last time we recorded. Oh my god, that's how you do a teaser trailer. Yes, I, I'm pumped for that movie, and I'm not a huge Black Panther nut. Yeah. yeah oh, my no. God. That movie looks so good. Michael B. Jordan's <laughs> so hair. Good. Michael B. Jordan's hair. Holy... Brandon, you should do that. <laughs> uh, I can't grow my hair like that, but sure. Oh, come on. You know, come on. Yeah, my, my hair stops at, like, mid-fro. That's about it. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, get a wig and cosplay it. You'll be fine. Mm. <laughs> if I had the body for that, I would cosplay that shit all day long. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. Every day. I'm, I'm looking uh, at the, I'm looking at some of these images trailer. now, and that's uh, yeah the uh, the oh wow, the costumes are so gorgeous. That guy uh, with the lip uh, thing scared the shit out of me the first time. I was like, what am I looking at? Yeah. When that I think blue I know, teal I think suit. I know who is. Yeah, I think I think I know who that is. Who is it? I'm guessing he's a silent character. I think no, it's it's Achebe, I believe, from uh, the uh, priest run. Oh, okay. I actually know who that is. All right, cool. Does he have the lip thing in the in the comics too? No, he's got uh, super deformed ears, though, like super large ears. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they hang, like he's got them hang, like hanging down to like his chin almost. <laughs> uh-huh. Also, but I, I, yeah, mm? go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. But I think that's he, I think he's going to play a major part in the future. Uh, movies. Okay. All right. So you think he'll be around for, say, like Black Panther 2 and 3? Correct, yes. Okay. If, if, if if he is who I think he is, because you don't really want to use a Chebe, like, right off the bat. Hmm. Oh, and if, uh, 
if they don't go with the naming scheme, I know that this is a bit of a non sequitur, uh, but we'll talk more Spider-Man Homecoming on the next episode. But if they don't go with the naming scheme of the next two two movies of uh, Spider-Man, say, like, prom and then Spider-Man graduation, like, I'm going to be really upset. Missed opportunity. Yeah. I don't know if it, they might do not do prom because that doesn't sound that nice, yeah. but Spring Fling? Yeah, maybe. Or Spider-Man Junior, you know, junior Year, maybe. Or maybe, yeah, just like Sp- ha- Spider-Man soft hop. <laughs> the third movie has to be Spider-Man Graduation Day. Like, there's, there's yep. no, there's no way around that. Right. Um, yeah, but uh, no, the, the the trailer, the trailer for Black Panther has me hyped because Crazy Andy Circus is my type of Andy Circus, and yes. watching him completely bat nuts in that, I see you, <laughs> I see you. Just, what do you know about Wakanda? Yeah. Oh, oh man. What was what was interesting about him in that thing talking about how like Wakanda doesn't exist or mm-hmm. it's a myth and he's the only one that's seen it? Yeah. I was kind of like, is that true? Because his dad was on the UN stage in Civil War. Yeah. You know, talking about stuff. So they, they I, I don't know how that how they're going to reconcile. That. Well, they they did mention what do you know about it, and then. And then Martin Freeman went on, uh, you know, his his Ever K. Ross mentioned a whole bunch of stuff. I believe there's a Wakanda that the public knows, and then there's a Wakanda that everyone else knows. And his father did mention that Wakanda's borders have been closed for years. Correct. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, you know, there there is a lot of it that probably hasn't been seen to this day. They may work. So I was kind of thought that that's so weird, like, Wakanda is kind of like a nice North Korea mm-hmm. in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> a few people get in. Uh, you know, you don't see a whole bunch of pictures from inside. Yeah. What you do see is government controlled. I'm not saying they're communist or they're bad, but the, like the whole borders closed. I get what you're saying. We know yeah. very little about them. It's, J- Japan, very used similar to that to that Japan used to be that way. Japan had closed borders <clears throat> for years until they opened them up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Know? Yeah. Um, but one one thing that I'll mention uh, along along those lines, uh, so this had me absolutely hyped. I cannot freaking wait. Then Marvel released a trailer for something else. Uh yeah, yeah. Uh, humans. The, uh. the Inhumans has me uh, worried because that. So wait, Inhumans. Wait, Inhumans go tropical. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not worried about Inhumans. I've pretty much decided it's scrap. Yeah. No, and that's... And honestly, it shouldn't be. That's that's the way that I look at it. It really, really shouldn't be because a lot of the players they have involved are the right people. Look I, at the, well, sh- the showrunner. Yeah. This is the bastard stepchild of the Marvel movie cinematic universe. Like, this is the child that did not get adopted. So it's no surprise (laughs) that, you know, the downgrade from Marvel movie that was supposed to come out in 2020 Mm -hmm. has been downgraded to a TV series that somehow manages to look worse than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Don't understand. Yeah. The show show runner Iron Fist is is doing this movie and the TV series. So that's your problem there, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, this looks like a... YouTube short mm-hmm. shot on like IMAX film. Yeah, it's that is such a waste of money for this property. 
they don't embrace anything weird about the characters. They don't embrace embrace any of the aspects of the characters. Did it they feels not like, have enough money to put a tuning fork on top of a freaking dog's head? Yes, it's, thank you. <laughs> it's a giant fucking pug now. That's all he is. Yeah. Right. right. No mustache either, too. Yeah. No personality to him. Yeah. It, it feels like poor man's Game of Thrones... Oh, it's way more than poor man's. Which is which is funny considering that you know one of the main characters of this is from Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'll be the best thing about that show, but he won't be able to save it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I read something today too. There was an interview with uh, Reese Owen. I can't. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, Ramsey Bolton from Game of Thrones yeah. playing Maximus I- the Mad. Iwan I- Rian, who- I think. Yeah, he was also in the British TV show Misfits, I think, before Game of Thrones. So oh, yes, he was. If uh, people may know him from there, I never watched it. Yeah. But Love anyway, Maximus in this show is not an inhuman. What? The Terragenesis did not turn him mad. They turned it in this show. Apparently, it turned him human. What? Yes. What? What? Yes. Yes. Come on, man! What a missed so, opportunity. Not only do they not have. I mean, Black Bolt looks cool. Ansel Elgort. I've never seen um, Hell on Wheels. So, not is that his name, Ansel Elgort? Mm, no. Yes. No. Okay. Yes. No. 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 You're thinking of Anson Mount. Oh, Anson yeah, Mount. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Elgort's baby driver. Yes. yes. Yes, he is. Okay. Which is fantastic, anyway. by the way. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. Um, you know, he he looks good in the suit, and he looks like a good, quiet guy. But you know, I don't know what he's gonna do for an entire season. And then uh, I think the the kiss of death for this for me was I was like, you know, they casted Serinda Swan as Medusa. And I was like, oh, great. She's not a a great name actress by any stretch, Mm -hmm. much less an unknown that you're like, oh, well, she looks just like, you know, what she should. And then we saw the wig up close and personal. And it is a terrible, terrible wig. It's really bad. And I was like, did they not like who signed off on this wig? How did this make it past any sort of uh, yeah, any sort of this quality control? So I'm I'm, uh-huh. I'm calling it I'm calling it now that the only char- the only characters I'm going to like on the show are Crystal because so far she actually looks pretty pretty decent and uh, Isabel Isabel Cornish is the actress and uh, I haven't seen anything that she's in but I like I like her look and I like her style so that's fine. And, did they give Gorgon hooves? Uh. I'm not sure, actually. Probably not. But no, Ken, I don't Ken, think Ken, so. Ken Long's Karnak. I know I'm gonna like. I know I'm gonna like it because it's Ken Long, and, and I, I've, I've liked almost every single thing he's ever done. Yeah, I liked him in Lost, but I don't. He they make made him like the the Warren Ellis version, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a lot closer to that. He's just got like a hoodie or something instead of the giant giant head helmet. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I miss the giant head helmet. So do I. I miss a lot of I miss a lot of things that this show doesn't seem to have. <laughs> like, and then so they I think it takes place on the, like their bases on the moon. Adelan's yeah. on the moon. Mm-hmm. The the shots in the trailer of Adelan, like that's the most boring moon base I've ever seen. For this inhuman race to be so super advanced and better than the human race, they certainly have really lousy architects and uh, room mm-hmm. room decorators. That's for sure. <laughs> Like it doesn't look like there's any culture whatsoever in 
any of those moonshots that we've seen. Well, I mean, it, like, it looks it, very cold and boring. It's an e- it's an ABC uh, production, so couldn't they have some sort of like like moon base makeover type thing? Like, isn't that sort of ABC's bag? I mean, I figured at least they could recycle <laughs> all the furniture from Revenge and put it in there and make it look at least classy. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I. I worry. Gem. I love that show. I worry that this is gonna bomb horribly. Actually, no. Maybe maybe I'm not worried because maybe it has to bomb horribly. Oh, it has to bomb horribly. Yeah. Well, there's nothing about that trailer that makes the show look good to comic fans, much less any uh, non-comic reading Marvel fan. To me. So, so I don't know how you could watch that trailer and go oh i'm excited for this show I'll, I'll give it a shot yeah even if you didn't know anything about it here's what I, here's what i'm hoping i'm hoping that this does bomb horribly and then marvel specifically to television and and i i know i'm crazy for even suggesting this but that the television end of marvel should make a deal with fox and make fantastic four into a tv show well i'm i'm curious how like uh the netflix shows can be so quality mm-hmm. except for iron fist which was a meh for yeah. me i i still haven't finished and, it. Uh, that's something i that i still I have two episodes to go when we recorded last i had two episodes to go i oh, still haven't God, i man. still haven't finished it yet. i know just power through it man I, i'll do it i'll do it man i'll do it defenders comes out next month in august so yeah i'll finish you it got by until then, then. I'll, I'll finish it by then yeah but uh yeah. i don't understand how those can be good other than they have netflix money behind it and yeah. these can be so crap it's, it, I it's, thought Marvel uh, money was producing the entire thing. Well, it's plain, it's plain and simple, really. It's that this stuff, I feel like, is a lot more under Ike Perlmutter's fingers than the Netflix correct. stuff. And, Netflix is under, under Jeff Loeb, right? Uh, correct, yes. I thought Jeff Loeb was over every Marvel TV show. He is, but he isn't. I think that Ike sort of... Well, okay, one thing we know about Ike is that he's a penny pincher, correct? That's that's one thing that, like, every single thing about Ike Pormato that, that has been said. Is cheap. That, is he that, is cheap. He's a, a cheap motherfucker. What do all of these shows look like to you that have been on ABC? Cheap. 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 Netflix does not suffer from that. Netflix has the money and the backing to go behind that, and I feel like uh, Jeff Loeb and the individual showrunners have a lot more say. Than, than these shows. I've, I've heard very positive things about this last season of Agents of, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I'm, yeah, it was great. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down. I'm going to power through the season before because I'm not feeling that, but I, I, I'm a completist and I want to go all the way. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish what I was watching on that, and then once I'm all caught up with that, I'll, I'll start watching this past season now that it's on Netflix. But I, that's, that's what I'm of the mind of, is that it all... It all depends on how far away you are from your executives if, if your executives have too much power that's when shit goes cray just look at the dc movies before wonder woman as a perfect example of that so didn't want to bring it down by bringing up dc again but you know it, it was a it was a valid point uh, in other dc movie news they scrapped ben affleck's script did they now mm-hmm. wow. it was uh, on, on the news today <laughs> Uh, so when did they scrap Ben Affleck? Uh, he's still there. He's still there. I know. It's just you. Doesn't it feel like they're, they're though, it feels like that the, that they're getting less and less influence from him because they almost want him to quit? I don't know that, but they want him to quit. It's more like 
he probably let them down really hard when he left mm. as the director. Yeah. He put them in a bad spot. So yeah. I'm not surprised that if Matt Reeves didn't like the script that uh, he dropped it. I don't know who's writing it, though, if they dropped his script. I'm sure they Much do. less uh, if the story is entirely the same. You know what? Joss Whedon. Just go ahead and have him do it since he since he's working on BVS. Uh, sorry, Justice League. You know, just just go ahead and well, get he, him to do it. Go ahead. Only for re- only for reshoots, though. I know, I know he is. But, but he's completing the edit, though. Apparently, he is completing the edit. Yeah. That doesn't now to me, from what I read, it, or it, whoever wrote whatever article I read, it kind of explained. It doesn't mean he's editing the film entirely, but just completing what's left over. But maybe he'll massage some things and make it better. I don't know. See, the whole Zack Snyder thing is a tragedy. And if you don't know, I'll just come out and say it because there are a lot of people that are like, oh, we're not going to like, at least on Fat Man on Batman, they'll never actually say what the fuck happened. Like, and I'm like, can we just say it at least once? But if you don't know, Zack Snyder's daughter, mm-hmm. unfortunately, committed suicide yeah. uh, a couple months ago, I think in, in March. Uh, yeah. And then he made the decision, probably the smart decision for his family, to step away from the Justice League film mm-hmm. to... Uh, Regroup and his wife you know, as well, his wife take care of his family. His, 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 his yeah, his wife's producer. a producer on the yeah. film, mm-hmm. Deborah. Um, so they brought Warner Brothers brought in Joss Whedon to uh, do the reshoots for Justice League and complete the film. So complete the edit, whatever was being worked on. And since they had that all those trailer shots completed, like I'm sure they were well underway with the edit and CG uh, shots and stuff like that. So right. yeah. Um, he's not redoing the entire film, so don't get your hopes up. Oh no, he's that not. high. Yeah. But that being said, I'm sure I'm, I'm hoping we'll see some influence of him in in what we end up watching in November. Oh hey hey, speaking of influence in what we're going to wind up watching, uh, how about that Han Solo movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh. I mean, so. They hire Lord and why am I blanking on the other guy's name? Miller. Uh, I mean, thank you, Lord and Miller, to which seemed like a great pick, right? It, it did, the, but apparently Lord and Miller were under the idea that they were going to be making a straight comedy when Lucasfilm wanted a serious movie with comedic elements, and apparently what Lord and Miller presented was a straight comedy. And when told to change it, Morden Miller gave him the middle finger and walked off. They were what they blows? were technically fired because you know it was yes, them saying no that, that that then led to them being fired. But it's them standing their ground and not wanting to change their film that led to them being fired. What blows my mind is that they were fired when they had three weeks of filming left. I think on principal photography. Yeah, <laughs> three weeks. So, you know, reshoots aside. Uh, and they picked up uh, Ron Ron Howard. Howard. That's Ron Howard to, the to Ron pick Howard. up the slack on the next. The Ron Howard. But I'm like, how there, are they going to reshoot the entire film and reshoots then? Hold on, like Ron Ron, Ron Howard voiceover. Yes, they will. I guess <laughs> it's no. just insane. This movie's supposed to come out next May. I know you realize this. Yeah, and, and it's still going to. Uh, Brandon, go ahead. Uh, your thoughts. Uh, this is not. Oh, 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 this is a lot to unpack here. Uh, the worst part is that that's even the worst thing about the movie. The fact is they also hired a acting coach for uh, 
Hans, the actor who plays Ansel, which I'm blanking his name all of a sudden now. It's, it's not He's an, got a Ansel, super hard name. Yeah, it's not Ansel. Mount Gordon. It should have been. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Um, mid, I think, like, maybe halfway through filming, they said, okay, you're not acting how we want you to do. Uh, we're going to get you Alden, acting. Alden Ehrenreich is. Yes, it was, yes. Wait. Yeah, Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just, no, I'm like, this feels studio control, like a lot of mm-hmm. studio control. Oh, yeah. And this reminds me of like, you know, 2003, 2005, around that area. Mm-hmm. You know, Daredevil, X-Men oh, 3, yeah. Spider-Man 3. Yeah. This this reminds me of that, and this makes me worried. So here's the the only reason why I don't entirely believe that is... And I mean, again, we don't know what movie we would have gotten, but Rogue One turned out just fine. Yeah, they brought on Tony Gilroy to fix uh, Gareth Evans or Edwards's uh, yeah movie, basically. Yeah, right. And and the only difference there is that uh, Edwards stuck around, and you know w- was okay with the final version. It's just there was a lot that was left on the cutting room floor, of which we'll probably never see. Unless some guy, you know, steals a reel and puts it all up on the internet. Yeah. Um, I believe that this movie does still have a chance of being good. Because, frankly, I believe in Ron Howard. You know, he, he might not have, like, a stellar career over the last couple of years. But his early work is nothing to sneeze at. You know? It's Ron freaking Howard. Exactly. Right. I mean, Apollo 13 remains one of the best movies of all time. And 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 that's and that's him right there, you know. Yeah. Um, and the la- the last great movie he made was Rush with yes Chris Hemsworth mm-hmm. and uh, Daniel Brühl. Yeah. Otherwise known as uh, what's his name? <laughs> Baron. The guy. He's in Civil Baron Zemo. Thank yeah. There you, you go. Yeah. I was gonna say Captain Nemo, but that's not him. <laughs> Captain Nemo. That's I love a, it. That's a different character. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so if you've ever seen Rush, you'll know that he's still got it. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, if you saw Inferno, uh, <laughs> he doesn't. He didn't show it quite after that. He might well, have it, sold his soul to make those three movies. I'm not entirely sure, but... I think, I think he regrets signing that deal for those three movies. <laughs> oh, God. Please. Yeah. And I mean, they, he's got another... There's another book coming, so I'm sure there will be another movie. <laughs> Dan Brown. Dan Brown, stop. Please stop, Dan Brown. You're ruining history. Yeah, there's a reason why his name is called Dan Brown, because it's shit. Better than the uh, Fifty Shades movies, I'm sure, though. Point, yeah. I'm still glad that Charlie Hunnam avoided that plane crash. Mm. Thank God. Like like the plague. (laughs) Yeah. But this, again, there's there's a high chance that this movie could still turn out good. But there's also a chance that we're going to watch a movie that's going to feel like Suicide Squad. And and have... Four different movies. Exactly. You have four or five different movies all crammed into one package. And we're going to notice the, the change in edits. And we're going to notice the change in style. And we're going to notice the change in, in plot development. But we're just going to have to wait and see on this, man. I mean, like, it's it's a May movie. So, I mean, they're, they're banking that it's going to be a summer blockbuster. But enough people read the trades where unless the reviews are hot on this... This could come out cold. Yeah, I think the worst thing Star Wars did was try and go back to the May releases. I think 
the Christmas releases work really well for them. So yeah, I I I, I, I always find out. I I do I do enjoy uh the, that the last of the trilogy is going to come out in May. Uh, just you know for the whole May the Fourth be with you aspect of it. But mm-hmm. I do, I do agree that yeah they they've been doing pretty well in that in that December slot. Although think about think about this this upcoming uh slot though. Thor Ragnarok is going to have like three weeks to make money. Well, it's been the same thing with like any other movie that came out, like uh, Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts last year, yeah. and forget what else was in the year year before there. Nah. Justice League's going to come out before Thor, Thor Ragnarok and have five weeks to make money. That's true. Yeah. So, so uh, Brandon, what do you what do you, what, do you, what else what else have you been watching? Oh God, what what have, what have I been watching? I'm watching all the DC shows and all the all the Mar- all the Marvel shows also still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so sad you're not caught up on, on Agent of Shield because I think you would really enjoy the season a lot. I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm I'm definitely gonna do it. I'm I'm actually currently watching Sense Eight with with my girlfriend, and uh, I think that once I'm done with watching Riverdale on my own, I'm gonna start up on that because since since Sense Eight is a show we're watching joint, I don't need to worry right. about you know but devoting my uh, my private time to it. So yeah, I'll I'll definitely give that a go. You poor poor man watching Riverdale. Yeah, I hey all right. So, I don't hate it. I legitimately don't hate it. In fact, actually... Do you like it? Here's my thing about it. I like parts of it. I like parts of it just fine. I don't know why the show has to be called Riverdale or why it has to have, to have, to have anything at all to do with Archie. Because this ain't Archie. <laughs> like, like, but, th- like... So- Go ahead. It's a brand recognition. Pure brand recognition. Oh, absolutely. But to, to and, who, though? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but I think the fact that Archie versus zombies, whatever Roberto Aguirre Sacasa has been doing on the Archie universe yeah. in comics, has done so well for Archie, relatively, mm-hmm. not yeah. lit the comics world on fire or whatever, but right. done well enough for Archie that they probably decided that an edge was where they needed to go currently. Mark Wade is writing the current Archie book. Okay. Like and is it classic Archie or is it Archie with an edge? I don't it's, know. It's it's actually somewhere in between. Like it, it's it's a modern take on Archie, but it still has the old school aesthetic to, mm-hmm. to Archie. Like it, yeah, I mean like you know they're not they're not wearing like freaking like ascots anymore. Like they're they don't look like they're straight out of like 1955. But but they've they've modernized it while at the same time keeping it fresh and new in a very different way than what the show does. The, this is. This is Twin Peaks for tweens, like th- that's the way that I did, that that I would definitely describe the show. It's it's a murder mystery, um, while at the same time dealing with uh, cr- crime and and corporate espionage and bringing in old eighties and nineties actors that the parents would recognize, but the kids would have no idea who the hell they are. I mean, Luke Perry, Jason, Jason Priestley. Exactly. Is it, Thank you. Is it Jason Priestley or Luke Perry? I always forget to get those two confused. Priestley. It, it is Priestley. Yeah, Jason Priestley is playing uh, Archie's dad. Um, his mother is Molly Ringwald. Um, I have to watch this now. Yeah, like <laughs> they, you know, they're definitely going into that well, similar to the way that they did with the nine hundred two one zero show, CW. You know, like they, they brought back all these actors that, that, you know, other people recognize while at the same time making something new. And it like some of the actors and actresses I actually really enjoy. Like I, I like I like the actor actress playing Betty a lot. Um, I think that she actually 
encapsulates the character very well. Um, same with Veronica. I mean, Veronica Veronica's not like a bombshell, but she's definitely got enough attractiveness going for her to, to pull off and, and, and charm and wit to pull off the character of Veronica. I like the relationship between her and her mother very much. Not sold on Jughead. Jughead's... Uh, Dylan Sprouts, right? It, yeah, and he's a little too moody. Way too mm, moody. Yeah. Yeah, for my taste. Um, and Archie is just kind of there. I don't know. He's he's a guy. He's got red hair. You know, he muscles, muscles, bangs the uh, bang bangs this one of the one of the teachers of the school. Spoilers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that happens. That happens. But definitely gonna watch it now. Yeah, but but essentially the entire the entire arc of the show is what happened to Jason Blossom, and uh, going through the the mystery behind his death. Is is very much the driving force of this first season, which leads me because I, I haven't finished it yet. I still got two more to go. I'm curious where the second season is going to go once they're done with this. But well, it's kind of like uh, Thirteen Reasons Why. I don't know if you watched that on Netflix or not. I've watched the pilot. I haven't watched anything else. Okay. Yeah. But uh, but that that has a very very similar sort of uh, you know who done it appeal. Uh, I mean, it's not who done it because it's about a girl's suicide, but. Right. Um, basically, the show wraps up pretty much everything that it needs to, and yet they're going to make a season two. Yeah. About what I don't know. Right. But As opposed to something like Stranger Things, which could you know very easily have a season two and and is going to, and I can't freaking wait for it. Yes, October twenty seventh. Yep. Yeah. So it's again, it's not the worst thing in the world, or from the best thing in the world, but it's not Archie. Again, if you're looking for a typical Archie. Just go ahead and read Mark Wade's Archie book, and you'll be satisfied. But this is this is this is all right. It's not it's not bad. Like I'll, I'll definitely continue watching it into season two. I'm not gonna run to watch it every week though. I'll probably wait for it to be on Netflix since uh, Netflix has that deal with CW anyway, where shows wind up like two weeks afterwards. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. when it ends. Yeah. Um, yeah. I Zombie, by the way, this last season of I Zombie. If you've if you've watched any of it, catch up and watch it. It was really good. I watched the first curious. episode or two of that, and it was too too cutesy for me. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. I could see that. I could see that. Although the, the essentially, it's not a spoiler. But did you ever watch the uh, the forty four hundred? I think my dad did. I don't know if I ever watched. I mean, okay. I caught a few of those. I'll say that I didn't watch it religiously. Okay, I I, I love that show. I, I still think that they saved the wrong show when they when they canceled Forty Four Hundred uh, oh, and kept Heroes, since Heroes <laughs> was, was was sucking ass and Forty Four Hundred was actually really good. But wasn't Forty Four wasn't it on USA though? It was, yes. but who owns USA? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Universal. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So like they they basically decided that uh, two the sh- the two shows were too similar because it was about people with powers. And they decided to save Heroes because it was on NBC and canceled the 4400. Um, yeah, I know. Big mistake. But the ending to this season of iZombie reminded me a lot of the final episode of 4400, um, which we never got resolution on because they canceled the show. But iZombie has been renewed, and I very much look forward to seeing where it's going to go from here. Um, I mean, do you guys mind if I spoil it? Because it might actually get you to watch it. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Seattle is now a town of zombies. Interesting. Yeah. Um, like, essentially, 
due to spreading a, a virus, um, they were able to get about three quarters of the population of, of, uh, of Seattle as zombies. And now they have to worry about supplying them brains and they have to worry about uh, keeping the peace as the remaining humans uh, stage revolts. Huh. Yeah, it's a. That sounds a lot better than the crime-solving concept from the first couple of episodes. It's a complete game changer. They're still solving crimes, mind you, but they also have this to go work off of. Plus, they have a whole like uh, zombie battalion working off of, and uh, the guy who played Logan Eccles on Veronica Mars is one of the main characters that they introduce in in this season, and he's he's really really good. Uh, is the guy from Alias still on it? Uh, yes, he is. He's one of my favorite characters on the show. Okay. Yeah. No. He's 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 great in everything. Um. That's David David Anders. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. And he's he's terrific. He's a very very good foil on the show. Oh and, yeah. What's his face? Um. Um. Uh, blanking his character's name. Yeah, but he was on Once Upon a Time also in uh, Heroes, wasn't he? Blaine. Well, that's yeah. He plays Heroes. Blaine. Yeah. Blaine. He he plays Blaine on iZombie. Yeah. But Blaine Blaine runs a. Uh, uh, an underground uh, brain distributor, which right. I have a feeling, uh, which I have a feeling is going to be very more, much more important come this next season. Yeah, I, I liked what they did with him a little bit this, this season too. Yeah. Um, any of you guys watch Star versus the Forces of Evil? Uh, I watched that? the no. first season. The first season. Okay. I just finished season two. That show has easily become one of my favorite animated series that I watch. It really over Steven Universe. One of I said. Okay. Yeah, it's it's up there though. Like, I'd say to describe it is kind of like a mesh between Adventure Time, Steven Universe, and Gravity Falls. With a, with a little bit of Disney magic in there. With a little bit of Disney magic, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's that's where I go with Gravity Falls since that was a Disney XD show. Um, but it's. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's all it's all about a. I mean, I, I don't know if you've even heard of it, Brent, but it's all it's all about a uh, a a girl who uh, is slated to be the queen of the magical land of Muni, who is sent to live on Earth to train, and winds up moving in with this uh, with this family, this Hispanic family, and her uh, and their son Marco. Uh, but Marco's a boy. <laughs> becomes uh, becomes one of her uh, becomes one of her best friends and they wind up going on like crazy adventures through like uh, different you know realities and all while at the same time there's this there's this one uh, guy voiced by uh, uh, Alan Tudyk because it feels like everybody's voiced by Alan Tudyk these days um, who's trying to go after her wand to try and take over the entire galaxy and it's is this one of those animated shows that looks like an LSD trip like Adventure Time? Maybe. Not quite an LSD trip, but it's along those those same lines. Yeah, not a, not as whacked out goofball as uh, as Adventure Time can be. Like not as like weird trippy as Adventure Time can be. Definitely not. Yeah. But, I can't really get behind that weird animation style that the that's had and uh mm-hmm. forget what the there's a couple other ones of that same era that regular show and I was, stuff like I that. I just never yeah, just yeah. never uh, like got attracted to well this this is I mean, the fact that this is a disney xd show means that it has its own house style actually no i, I god i this is how i should have described it in the first place it's basically what if brian leo malley did an animated series because oh, yeah. 
Yeah, because his art style is totally what they drew as inspiration for for the for the character models of the show. Like, like it, the fact that when I when I looked at the credits and Brian Lee O'Malley's name was not on it, I was I was shocked and amazed because it's it's basically his Scott Pilgrim style. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. It really is. Like, and they build they actually build story like. You expected to just be one of those shows that just goes from episode to episode without any like real continuity, but as the series progresses, they actually build like a real world for the show, and um, it's actually coming back on the fifteenth with a uh, two-hour movie event, and that's going to start season three. But the first two seasons are on Hulu right now, and it's 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 worth a watch. It's it, it's really easy to get to uh, through too, because you know they're all fifteen-minute long episodes, and I think the longest season is only I think twenty episodes. Mm-hmm. So, it's good stuff. Interesting. I was gonna check out that Castlevania series on Netflix because it's only six episodes that are twenty minutes each, or I four. Mean, yeah, four. That's it. So I, really. I, I can do that really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, Warren Ellis wrote that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's either a good thing or a bad thing. And it was uh, written by or directed or supervised by Adi Tashankar or whatever who did that Power Rangers gritty reboot thing and make sure to really that got banned and make sure to listen to the comic timing extra point with uh with me sean Pryor, and uh martheus wade as we talk about said uh said thing power hey, slash rangers there you go. Yep. power slash rangers was interesting i'll just i'll just definitely polarizing yes yeah. it was cool it was cool that's <laughs> that's the way that's the way i'll put it um and I've heard very polarizing things about this Castlevania series. Like, I've heard some people say that it's great, and I've heard some people say it's a piece of shit. So I, I'd i love to see your take on it, Brent, because I, I'm probably going to watch it just because it's only four episodes and why the hell not. But um, I'm wondering whether it actually, like, encapsulates the, the feel of, of Castlevania appropriately or not. Well, I heard I played, it. I played a couple of games, so I'm not attached to the lore or anything, so... Yeah. It'll be a pretty fresh take for me, I guess. Yeah. Poor Summer Child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I played the important ones on Game Boy Advance back in the day. That's true. Uh, did you play the important one, like the one on Nintendo? No. Uh, one of the hardest games ever. One of the hardest freaking games ever. That's true. Yeah, it is. Freaking, freaking, freaking Dracula with this, with this bat shield. Oh, God, I hate that part so much. Only slightly related, but I'm glad that they're putting out a new side-scrolling Metroid for the 3DS. About time. Yeah, I know. Although, I, I, do love the, I did love the Prime series, though. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I can't do first person. I just, I can't. Like, like as I, I try with it, and I just can't, I can't make it happen. So, that's... As a Metroid or in general? In general. In general. I'm, I'm not a first person player like i it, it messes with my my brain meets too much like i i can only go so far with like 3d simulation type things even and first person just just messes with me and gets me dizzy and i can't i can't do it too long it, it took a while for me to really get used to it yeah so i'll stick i'll stick to my uh my third person and my uh, and my side scrollers and my you know my my beat-em-ups and stuff like that Speaking of beat em ups, uh, uh, Brent, have you been playing Injustice? Yes, I have. Thoughts? What, what level are you? I'm 30 something. Oh, okay. I still only have a switch. What do you mean? Oh, okay. <laughs> That's nice. That's what are you? 56. Okay. Damn. And? <laughs> are you married? 
Do you have a house? Do you do you mow a lawn? Yeah, I do. do you have actually. a toddler? Do you have a toddler? I had eleven and twelve year old. Okay, no. okay. So the fact that I'm in the thirties should say something. I'm, that's pretty good for me. <laughs> yeah, impressive, impressive. Considering I didn't get that far in Injustice One. What? Uh, you, you two are so cute, by the way. Just just watching you bicker like this is so adorable. Well, listen, what I what I like about Injustice Two, story aside, yeah, uh, which wasn't as strong as the first one. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, but the, uh, the graphics are amazing. Yeah. Here's what Injustice Two story loses, uh, and I'm not going to spoil anything. It loses the shock and surprise of everything that the Injustice One story had. Because you already know Superman's evil. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they introduce Brainiac, and you can kind of pitch, you know, fit the pieces together from there. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no big twist or anything anymore in Injustice Two. So that was disappointing. The way they did it, the way things happened, uh, I liked. I liked the choices at the end that you got to make, well, who to play as, and what ending you got, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very cool. What I really like about the game is uh, the multiverse mode, and that's primarily what I play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not an online guy on fighting games. What, I'm what is terrible. That exactly? Um, so basically, instead of like, Mar- you know, uh, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat like yeah. single player towers in the arcades or something, you can like, you know, you're gonna face five, ten, or eight people. So the multiverse mode is that same kind of idea. And you'll have a, a match where you face four people, and then at the end you get rewards based off how what sc- kind of score you got, or uh, you'll get a completion reward, and that results in like typically it's gear, okay. you know. Mm-hmm. And Justice Two has this amazing fancy gear system, which I think is kind of so overkill. Much. I love it so much, though. I love I love the mother boxes. It's, it's like every time I open the mother box, it's like Christmas every day. It's okay. Great. They need an open all system. Like, see, I don't, I don't like that. I mean, I like, like, I can see, like, I like the new update where they you just press X to update to open up the next box, next box, give, next box. Give, That's give, fine. Give, give me my moment to make. Since then. Give me my moment to make a statement. And you two can go back to talking, but say hi to your mother box for me. Okay, continue. Okay, so oh, Jesus. I, I like the gear. All of it looks semi cool. I just miss the skins, like the defined skins. Right. And yeah. So uh, they do have a defined armor set for Wonder Woman from the movie, which I made sure to log on and, and complete and get. Yeah. Um, but I'm missing that for the other ones, you know. And they have shaders that'll kind of do that for you, I guess, depending on what kind of armor you can. There's a Beyond helmet for Batman that yeah, looks pre- like Batman Beyond, and there's a shader that you can make him black and red and stuff like that. But there's also cool. pre- premium shaders also as well for for different characters. <laughs> Yeah, they have a Supergirl uh, that changes her into Power Girl. Oh, cool. There's one for Flash, which changes him into Reverse, Reverse Flash. Flash and Jay Garrick. The, sh- the shader thing reminds me of back in the day, the uh, Capcom versus SNK2. Remember they had they had a, uh, a, 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 oh, yeah. a, color, a color changer on that where you could change people into whatever you wanted? Yeah, they did not just palette swaps, but you do like character swaps. Yeah, exactly. Or like sprite swaps. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a shader for uh, Captain Cole, which is in Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a John Stewart shader on. There's a Vixen shader on Cheetah. Okay. Who I, my least favorite character is Cheetah and Joker. Can't stand those two characters. You know, you know, you know. I haven't played as everybody yet. Cheetahs never win. What? A, 
What I don't like is that they locked uh, most of those behind a paywall. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Either it's behind a paywall or you have to really grind to get the, uh, source, the source crystals for it. Mm, okay. And also, too, your new characters, the characters that one wants to play, like Red Hood, uh, Darkseid, Sub-Zero, Raiden, uh, Black Manta, um, Starfire. I think the ad... Uh-oh. Did you die? I think he did. Oh, no. And right as he was making a valid point. Yeah. Um, can yeah. you guys hear me? You're, you're back. Yeah, now we can. Yeah, sorry, I was starting skitzy. But yeah, um, I think a bunch of, like, all the new characters are going to be DLC, which kind of sucks, but I mean, I wish they would have made at least Dark Side non-DLC, something mm-hmm. you can probably win or achieve to. Yeah. Dark well, he was a pre-order bonus. He's a pre-order bonus, but I mean, most times they'll do pre- they'll make pre-order pre-order bonuses available as like a as like a limited giveaway for like the I, first week. I hate pre-order bonuses so goddamn much. They are the worst, and frankly, at this point, I hate pre-order culture. So I, I shouldn't say that I got the gold edition then. You can say whatever you want, dude. I just I I fucking hate it. It's just like I, I hate the fact that like you're locked into like you know, and if you pay an extra you know ten dollars more, you know you can get you can get blank, or if you go to GameStop, you can get blank, but not if you go to Amazon because that only will give you blank. Like no, come on, man. Like I I just I I hate the idea of of certain items only being available to certain people because they pre-order. That's just, it's, it's, fucking, yes. it's fucking bullshit. Well, the segregation of the pre-orders thing, uh, Injustice 1 suffered from that because yeah. oh. um, one of them, you got Red Hood missions or something, and or no, no Blackest got- Night missions, and then you mm-hmm. got one, another one got Red Sun missions, yeah. which were kind of stupid anyway. I never completed many of those. Um, uh, I forget what, what it was, but that, that, Segregation of the different pre-order bonuses per store stop. And plus, I think also like you got different skins. Uh, I think you got what skins? I think you got the Batman Beyond skin mm-hmm. right away uh, if you pre-order it through um, GameStop. I think was for Injustice One. Would it be worth me getting the the Microsoft edition of this? Like the actual like, is it on Steam or is it just like something that you get through Microsoft Store? Microsoft Store. I think you can play it on both your PC and your Xbox now. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I, I'm not getting an Xbox. I know that. It's just I know that when I get an, a a next gen system, because uh, I don't consider the Switch one. That's a whole separate entity. Um, once once I wind up getting a PS4, because that's probably the way I'm going to go. I mean, I'll I'll wind up getting games. It's just I don't think that's going to be for another year. Um, so I'm I'm considering, I mean, because, I mean, I did get the gaming laptop. Like, I mean, that's what I'm recording this episode on right now is my freaking, uh, you know, my my, uh, my 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 MSI gaming laptop. Like, I might as well use it for gaming and, you know, right. get, get myself some uh, some games that I would enjoy. And I know that Injustice is definitely one of them. Um, then I'll just have to get myself a controller, which, you know, isn't the worst thing in the world. No, it'll yeah. definitely help you for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it because I, I would like to play this game before, say, the next, like, year or two. That and the, and the, uh, the Fractured Butt Hole when that comes out for South Park. I want to be able to play that. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm glad it's good. But 
the story's not good, that's that's bad because I like the story. Uh, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not that it's not good. It's mm-hmm. just that the twist in one was so good. Yeah. That when you know what's already happening in two, mm-hmm. it it seems status quo. It was just yeah, kind of sad. Plus, I mean, but it, did I hear correctly that it actually contradicts the comics that have been coming out for forever? Uh, yes and no. Okay. What do you mean? Well, like for instance, characters that have died in the comics are still. Around. Oh no, they they no in the game. no they they kind of they hint at it. Like so, Green Arrow is in this game, yeah. and if you read the Justice comics, the year one or year two, Superman kills him in the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, I just right. reread all these before. And Justice 2 came out, so bear with me. Yeah. I'm a, practically an expert in them by now. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway, later on in the Injustice comics, Dr. Fate, uh, you know, Black Canary, who was married to the Injust- in the Injustice universe, the Black Canary there was sad and uh, whatever. And then Dr. Fate feels bad for her and then basically hijacks or plucks her from the Injustice universe and plucks a different Oliver Queen from another universe that's practically the same and mm-hmm. sticks him in the Tower of Fate and says, okay, you guys get to be happy again. Or he maybe dropped him off in a totally different universe again. So it's kind of like three. And it wasn't the Oliver Queen from the regular DC universe who was in the game either. Okay. Um, so it's kind of complicated. Yeah. So when Oliver Queen shows up in Injustice 2, they – He's asking some questions in the game, like, what the hell's going on? And they, they kind of hint at it. They're like, oh, yeah, you haven't been around. Or they don't come out and say, like, oh, you're an alternate universe Oliver Queen. But they do hint at it. Oh, they'll, they say it in the game, though. Like, they'll say, um, like... You're not from before, around here or something like that. Something I, like, like that. I think like, one, one of his before fights is, like, uh, call, me the, call me the ghost of Oliver Queen pass or something like that. Okay. Yeah. But, but so they're, if, they're playing on it. Okay, but, the weird but, part is yeah. the the Robin stuff at the beginning of the game kind okay, of right. is like the, kinda, the weird thing. Yeah. Because I think it takes place before the split, right? Yes, it takes That's place why. before Robin killed Damien, or uh, killed Nightwing Damien in killed, the comics. Right. Okay. And, and also Supergirl first shows up here, but I thought she'd already been in the comics. No. She hadn't, okay. No. no. All right. Okay. I, I I thought I had seen some images with uh, with her already in it, so I must have seen incorrectly. Yes. All right. Okay. So they're 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 doing their best to play nice with the comics. They're just not entirely oh. doing it. Oh no, no they're they are. they're working in tandem. Like the writer for the comics, Tom Taylor, who did the first round, and then uh, Brian Buccioletto took over for him, and then Tom Taylor's back now for volume two. Basically, for Injustice Two comics, they're working with NetherRealm since the beginning to map this out and plot this out. Okay. And part of the reason why I think the game works so well, the first one in the first place, was that first year of Injustice comics were so strong that it enhanced the game story way more than it had any right to. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that and and I mean, yeah, I mean, everything that I've read from those comics is that yeah, they have they are pretty damn good. In fact, I mean, for a while, I mean, they were the best comics that DC was putting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, good to know. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll check it out, and I, for that matter, I'll I'll catch up on the Injustice comic at some point too, because I I've only read a little bit of it. Brent has all of them. Okay, good. That's good to know, up, Brent. Up to date. Good. 
Hey, uh, they're be- good. Be- because of Brent, I've been slowly but surely catching up on my Rebirth stuff, and um, I read the first, I'd say the first, like, maybe, like, two arcs of the Flash comic. That's really good. Yeah, I told you. It Well, it surprised me, because I don't know if you've ever met me. I'm not a Barry Allen fan. I'm Never a, am I. I'm a Wally guy, like, 100%. And this is probably the most likable I've ever experienced Barry Allen. Outside of the outside of the show, and even that Barry is not that likable. Carmine G D G Amenico or whatever is mm-hmm. fucking awesome on that book. Yeah, yes, definitely. And just wait until you get pretty much current where they're at now, where Reverse Flash shows up. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, that's some sinister stuff. Yeah, I I, I mean I, I read the whole Godspeed arc uh, and really enjoyed that. Um, I mean Brandon, just just to give you a, an idea of. Of, of what it's like. I mean, basically, the, the at the start of the book, there's a Speed Force storm that gives, like, half of... Uh, was it Keystone or Central? Because I always get this... Central. Story. Central, yeah. It gives, like, half of Central City speed powers. Um, and Barry thinks it might have been his fault because he's been, like, wishing for a partner. And, you know, ever since uh, Wally has been, you know, off doing his own things. And, like, he's wondered whether it's actually his fault. And he winds up having to train all these new speedsters uh, in order for them to not, like, you know, crash into a wall and kill themselves. Um, So he's off doing that. While at the same time, then this new villain shows up, Godspeed, who's stealing the speed from other speedsters and killing them in the process. So he's oh, he, sounds yeah, painful. Yeah, so it, it, he has to you know figure out exactly what's going on here, and uh, his uh, his longtime partner or you know best friend in the comics winds up with speed powers too. And I'm not going to give away anything about that, but it's there's a very interesting turn in that, and it's it, it's it's really good stuff. And there was an issue where White Wally meets Black Wally that was again way better than I was expecting it to be just because I, I it's complicated enough and they actually kind of make it work. Yeah, they kind of make it work. They yeah. still have it still doesn't exactly make sense. Yeah, I know. Okay. Right. It's, especially since he has, you know, all these memories. Well, not all these memories, but he has at least some memories from pre-New 52. Uh, well, of, the fact that any family who knew there was an already existing cousin named Wally would name their other kid Wally in the first place is just dumb. Now, now, one of them is Wallace, and one of them is, is I think, Walter. Walter? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So. Still. Still. <laughs> and, and, Sorry. And, and I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll make the comment as well. Uh, Tom King, everything you write is gold, because his Batman stuff is, in my opinion, there's a lot of the Scott Snyder stuff I haven't read, but in my opinion, from what I have read, is better than the Scott Snyder stuff. See, I, I disagree with you. Um, I'm liking the I like the Batman run right now. My problem with Tom King is like Scott Snyder has had some great ideas and executed them very well, but he's very much a traditional comics writer. Whereas Tom King is your artsy fartsy comics writer <laughs> writing Batman. Yeah. More so than like Morrison. Like Morrison was still crazy whacked out ideas what he wrote in the traditional comic structure. Whereas there have been a few issues of this Batman run with Tom King that 
have been critically praised, but you know, you read in five minutes because they're only narration box. Like there was one issue in I am suicide arc, the middle one, Mm -hmm. uh, where like it was all double page spreads, beautiful page spreads by Michaela Yannon. But it was, it was the one where Batman talked about suicide or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I read that in five minutes and I was like, okay, I get, I get it, but I, I just, I wish there was more to reading the book sometimes because his, his book sometimes can be very sparse. Yeah, that's fair. From time to time. Yeah. I, I do. So re- that, I do really that's my complaint. Whereas yeah. any Snyder issue was, was not that. I do highly appreciate the whole Gotham, Gotham and Gotham Girl stuff. Like that actually, that's been really good. Um, like the whole, the whole that whole first arc, I was thrilled with. Um, I read the, the follow up arc, which was the crossover that was okay but not great. And now I'm in I Am Suicide, and I'm, I'm liking what I'm reading so far out of that. I know that there's a Bane arc after that, and then we get to the button. So I'm getting close. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's good. I, I really appreciate the art on it, too, so that's, that's working for me. And uh, I'll mention as well, big shock to everybody, but still the best Superman comics that have come out in forever and a day. Both, both the action comics and Superman titles are knocking it out of the goddamn park, and I love it. Easily the yeah, best. Yeah, I think Jorgen's Action Comics in, is stronger than Superman right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Dan, Dan Jurgens is, is is bringing his A game a hundred percent. Yeah, and Patrick uh, Zercher on art, and I forget who else is doing it with him, but uh, I think Steven Segovia was doing a, a few issues with him. Yeah. Really, really strong stuff. And, and Tom- although Patrick Gleason, yeah, Tomasi. Tomasi's, with uh, Tomasi's uh, not a small stick, you know, to go up against. Yeah. Yep. You know, they're they're no munchkin either. They're a pretty strong team, but yep. yeah. Their stories have been less as as less exciting than action comics, which True. to its name is earning its title. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The the whole uh the whole twist as to who Clark Kent was was an excellent reveal. Um the the Lois Lane stuff where Lois has to take over for her New Fifty Two counterpart was all f- terrific and yeah, it's just like I'm I'm enjoying a Superman comic for the first time in a very, very long time, and that makes me very, very happy. Um, we're probably going to talk a little you, bit longer, so Brandon, uh, you, you want to exit out? Uh, yeah, I gotta go. All right, cool. I got work, work tomorrow at four, so. Oh, lucky you. Jeez. Um, uh, go ahead and let everybody know where you are. Oh, uh, guys, you can find me anywhere on social media at the Dabadon, T-H-E-D-A-B-B-A-D-O-N. Uh, listen to my podcast, Pop Culture Clash, on iTunes. Uh that's really about it. Uh, you can always find my co-host Ados Baron uh, at Ados Baron. I think also anywhere on social media. All right, cool. And uh, let us know when you want to do a crossover episode with the Pop Culture Clash, considering uh, you know you do talk to us a lot. All right, all right, seriously. <laughs> and you finally put out episodes. Oh, we do it. Actually, we do. Thank yeah. you. Our just more than out. us, probably. Probably, lately. yeah. But more, more, more recently, definitely. <laughs> Our last episode just came out uh, last week, actually. Nice, nice, very cool. All right, all right. Well, you and Comic Tube coming back. Who knows? All right, all right. Who know, right? Yep. All right. Go get some sleep. Thank you. Later, guys. All right. Later. Yeah. So, the, the, I mean, those those are the main two, uh, you know, actual rebirth titles that I've been reading so far. I mean, like, like I told you guys earlier, um, I I do have Titans Volume One re- ready to be read here. Plus the what was the series before that? Was that Titans? Crap. The one that the one that led up to it before Rebirth. Um, oh. Uh... 
I forget, Titans. I forget what it was called. Yeah, but, but anyway, I have Mr. I, Twister or whatever was the villain. Yeah, I have both of those out from the library, um, and I'm going to read those within the next couple of days. Also, have uh, Wonder Woman Earth One, uh, number one, uh, volume one, out from the library that I really need to read. So, so I bought that. That's the Grant Morrison one, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I did not make sense of that at all. Really? I have to reread that. Interesting. Okay. Like, was it too Morrison-y to, to get, or was it just... No, it's just... It was... There were, I don't remember there being a villain, really. Maybe that's what threw me off. Maybe, yeah. Ooh, did... I did read... Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I, ha- I have this on Comixology. Maybe... maybe okay. Uh, the... What's her name? Jill Thompson. Yes. Wonder Woman graphic novel. That Which I was very, very interesting about, yeah. That was very interesting, very good. Well, Thompson, uh, beautiful Thompson's art. Always great. Thompson's always great. I mean, she's been working since the Sandman days, right? Yeah. Have you had? A ch- I would also recommend for the Rebirth stuff. Uh, check out the Justice League by Hitch. Okay. Very good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the best Justice League run ever, but what I really like about it. Aside from them having like Fernando Pissarra and doing art on it, where he's very yeah. consistent, um, Hitch's ideas are not your typical Justice League or DC villains. They're all brand new ideas. Hmm. Okay. Um, so it's nothing. It's nothing you've ever seen before. Because he's still new now, to, the, to to the writing scene in general. Like this is only like the, I think like the second book he's ever written. Yes, yeah, so it does sort of tie in, or going to start tying into the uh, Justice League of America comic he was writing and drawing before Rebirth. Mm-hmm. But you can start from issue one and go from there, and you know there hasn't been anything yet where I'm like, okay, you need to read that first. Okay. So I would I would start that. I mean, the Tony Daniel does the first couple issues; those are very good. Nice. Um, good to see him still around. And then, yes. He's done some Suicide Squad stuff recently, I think. Oh, cool. Um, Green Lanterns is fun if you like Simon Baz. Uh, it's not fun f- because of him. It's fun because of Jessica. Okay. Uh, I forget her last name. Where, where do I get my Kyle fix? Uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns. All right, gotcha. All right. Uh, which is which is also good. That's that's Van Skyver, right? He is on it, not as much as you think. Most of it is uh, Gerardo Sandoval. Good. With Vince Skyver doing some stuff where he can. Um, they don't split up the issues, but, yeah. you know, Vince Skyver will pop in for one or two, and then Gerardo Sandoval will do the rest. It's not even his politics. I artist. just, I think I've outgrown his art, quite frankly. I'm kind of getting there. I, I kind of am agreeing with you. He feels like his anatomy is getting a lot, you know, not a lot, but a little more sloppy. Yeah and disjointed mm-hmm. or maybe i'm just starting to notice it more that's possible yeah he's still like there the last issue he did on that book still had some pages where i was like wow <laughs> um yeah. but there are some more i'm starting to see the flaws in whatever he's doing right now gotcha yeah um are you reading bull beetle no I, so i have the first couple issues of that on comiXology i cannot I like Scott Collins. I do not like him on Blue Beetle. Interesting. And okay. the if you end up reading it, uh, try the first few issues. Yeah. I could not make sense of the plot. Okay. I really couldn't. And I know it's Keith Keith Giffen mm-hmm. who came back from the original series, which yeah. I you know I loved. Right. 
but I don't know what the heck is going on. <laughs> it was kind of unclear whether it was like a reboot from the new 52 version of them, yeah. which I was fine with, you know, regardless, either way, I don't, I wanted Jaime Reyes and I was excited for Keith Giffen, but right. it's more of the Keith Giffen who was doing Justice League 3000 mm-hmm. than the one who was writing Blue Beetle in a coherent way, mm-hmm. uh, you know, years ago. I did hear positive things about Justice League 3000, though. So I did too, but it, it was too. There's almost like there's too many narration boxes yeah. and too many word balloons on the page to have it make any kind of coherent sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, you have Scott Collins being the wackiest he's ever been in really? terms of style. You know, it looks nothing like his Flash or his, any of the JSA stuff he did mm. in the past. Um, he really resembles more like uh, it's like Scott Collins mimicking Scott McDaniel. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of a uh, beetle, actually, I spent a whopping ten cents because Voodoo uh, the service was celebrating their ten year anniversary, and they had a whole mm-hmm. bunch of rentals available for ten cents. So I spent a whopping ten cents to rent uh, Teen Titans: The Judas Contract. Yeah, what'd you think? I really liked it. I I like a lot more than I thought I was going to, just because, I mean, this thing's been in the hopper for years. Like, I mean, this is one of the first animated movies they announced, like, back in the day. Um, And I know that... That was back when they were still mimicking the art styles of the artists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I mean, like, I think, like, right after they announced uh, Death of Superman, they wound up announcing Judas Contract, and then it wound up going back into a hidey hole until they decided to take it out. Um, right. And I know that there is sort of a, not even sort of, there is an actual DC animated movie universe at this point. Um, yes. Stemming off of everything. And this is in that universe. So mm-hmm. the, so the uh, you know, the Damian Wayne that you get is the same one that you get from, you know, Son of Batman and so on and so forth. Um, same with uh, Dick Grayson. And... It's a it's a guy who's been voicing Dick for a while now. I forget the the, the voice actor's name, but um, you get the same Beast Boy you do from Titans because I feel like every single time they they ever have Beast Boy in anything, it's him now. So that's God, so childish. It is, but it works for the character, um, especially in this. Uh, it was it was one of the what was weird about it though is that even though it's even though it's the same Deathstroke that you get from. All, some of the other movies, it wasn't the same voice actor. No, it was. It was the last performance. Right, but didn't somebody else voice Deathstroke in Son of Batman? Nope, it was the same guy. Really? Huh, okay. Cause yes, I- it was the... I forget his name, I'm sorry. He was a uh, Hispanic actor. He died recently, I think of a heart attack or something, yeah. very young. I'm, I'm, he had cancer, actually, if memory serves. Cancer, um, okay. Yeah, but... Uh, sorry, I'm looking But no, it's right the same now. guy. Oh, it is okay. All right. Sorry, I, I thought Miguel Ferrer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, because I, I thought I'd I thought I'd looked it up and that somebody else had played him in between, but I guess uh, nope. Uh, his only appearances were Son of Batman and this. All right. Fair enough. In that you move universe so far. Gotcha. Okay. Then yeah, it must have been must have been just another thing I was looking at versus that. But uh, and, anyway, uh, Miguel Ferrer's performance as as Deathstroke in this was fantastic, and they kept in things that I was honestly not expecting them to keep in about the Judas contract. Um, specifically stuff about Terra and Deathstroke. Like, there's yeah. 
they they went there. I'll just put it that way. For anybody who's read the Judas contract, you know exactly what the hell I'm talking about. Like they went there with their relationship. And it worked. It was creepy, but it really, really worked. And yeah, like it was it, it, it captured the general feel of Judas Contract while, you know, transferring out a few characters here and there and reworking the story to have uh, you know, Baron Blood be sorry, Brother Blood be involved, but it it was excellent. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it was way better than the um the Justice League versus Titans movie they had to uh bring in the Titans into that movie universe. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And you should it, check out uh Justice League Dark, actually. Oh, okay. If you haven't watched that. I it, haven't. It's, it's their first R rated um animated movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't remember what I thought about that um per se, but I don't remember them pushing the boundaries really. I think it just because of demons. I don't know. It was okay. It was pretty good. <laughs> All right. I'll 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 keep that in mind. Yeah. And it's it's got the the Constantine from the NBC's NBC show Matt something or other mm-hmm. does the animated Constantine in that movie. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and by by the way, I'm I'm looking up Son of Batman right now. Uh, Thomas Gibson voiced Deathstroke in that. Really, I swear to God, I thought it. Yeah. Yeah. Was no. Miguel Ferrer the one who did the Teen Titans Deathstroke? That's a possibility. Let me let me look that up now. Let's see. Um, looking up Miguel Ferrer's name. That is the first time Miguel Ferrer has voiced him, according to IMDb. Could have sworn he did it in the Batman and Son. Yeah. No. I guess not. Yeah. I mean, unless unless weird I, unless IMDb has it has it wrong, but yeah. No, because I I remember looking it up because I because again I swore myself that Miguel Ferrer had voiced Deathstroke before, but was not the case. It was, this was also uh, not an Andrea Romano uh, produced uh, uh, voice cast. She's not been involved in that movie universe for a long time. Interesting. Okay. Do you know if she worked on the Harley Quinn movie? I don't believe so. Like I said, she's not worked in that in War- for Warner Brothers okay. in a long time. All right. Cool. Yeah, well, fair enough. Although I am looking forward to that Harley Quinn movie just for the fact that it you know goes back to the Tim style. Looks pretty wacky. Uh, yeah, but no, I, I I'll I'll definitely go back and watch a few of those older movies. Uh, I I know that uh, I'm waiting for sales on on digital rentals and stuff like that. So once I once I get a hand on those, because Voodoo has been really good about that lately. Like they've had some really good deals. Um, and frankly, if I if I spend three dollars on a freaking rental, I don't give a shit. So I can I can watch some of those back ones because I still haven't even watched like I think the last one I watched before this was Flashpoint. Did you watch the um, we watched the Killing Joke? Did you watch the oh, Dark yeah. Knight Returns I ones did, yet? I, I, yeah, no, I love the Dark Knight Returns ones. I actually saw those in in the theater. Um, okay. They uh, they yeah. You went to the Paley Center for exactly. those, right? Yes, exactly. Yep, the Paley Center premieres for those were were excellent, and uh, yeah, and I saw the Killing Joke in the theater, and that was a mistake. So yeah. Um, Gods and Monsters, did you watch that one? Justice League? I watched the YouTube shorts. I haven't watched the movie. It was, it's lackluster. It's, it is disappointing. All right. I, I like the YouTube shorts just fine. I just, I'm upset to find out that the movie's not that good. Okay. Well, yeah. they've gotten, their universe movies have gotten a lot better since Justice League War. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. But I thought Flashpoint was strong. Justice League War was a letdown. 
Um, I have all of them, so I'm scrolling through my Flickster here. Um, Son of Batman I did like. I ended up getting it later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Justice League Dark and Teen Titans have been... Those ones have come out this year so far, and those have been pretty pretty good okay. compared to uh, Killing Joke, anyway. I do have a sudden urge to take my uh, Under the Red Hood out of the DVD slot and put it back in for the first time in a while. Yeah, I have not listened to our last episode <laughs> until I rewatched that movie. <laughs> nice. I'm glad yeah. I put that episode out, though, man. It's like, come on, it's an evergreen. It's a freaking DVD movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you got anything People else? People can you're... Google that stuff, and they'll find it. You know what? We didn't touch on it, so I think we should probably at least do it slight justice before we uh, before we wrap up. So what the hell is wrong with Marvel? <laughs> uh, event fatigue? Yeah. So calling this this whole Marvel Legacy relaunch a game-changing event and then telling everybody to pay close attention to what's coming up on your on your screens uh, that you know tomorrow like we're coming out with a big reveal here like we're gonna break the internet again and Casada's favorite tone and then have it turn out to be homage covers like homage covers what I'm sorry what <laughs> Yeah, it just reeks of, co- I mean, just like Marvel now reeked of DC New 52 copycat. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, they did it better mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of the first Marvel reboot. Was that Marvel Now? Uh, that was Marvel Now, and then Marvel Now, Now, and then Marvel Now, and then Now, 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 Now. Um, and then Avengers Now. Okay, the first Marvel Now was really good. Yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't. Like, DC relaunched everything with a new number one except for, what, Detective and Action. Mm -hmm. I don't even think Batman and Superman. I think those are in the 20s right now. Yeah. Yeah, they they didn't even give it. So it was just Batman and Detective and Action Mm -hmm. got the legacy numbering. And then Marvel's like, well, we can do better than that. We're going to give them all legacy numbering. Venom, because everyone's (laughs) been dying to read Venom issue 150. (laughs) So lame. (laughs) I just, I, I, this does reek of that. This reminds me of back in the day. Remember when Blackest Night came out? Uh, Marvel had Necrotia. Yes. You know, like. An identity Disc. Yeah. I, oh, God. Identity Disc is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> the worst Never example of this. No, nobody fucking did, man. Come on, please. <laughs> I remember there, I remember a podcast. I forget which one was actually like doing a contest to be like, someone please take Identity Disc off our hands. Like, <laughs> it's just atrocious. <laughs> but. The thing about this, though, is that it's not even that Marvel's putting out bad comics. Like, the, the X-Men stuff that I've seen come out so far, minus the whole controversy about it, about its artist, has actually been pretty decent. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man continues to be a terrific book. Uh, you know, they still have titles like Ms. Marvel and, and, and Moon Girl and, uh, and, and uh, you know, other, other books that have recently come out. Like, I've, I've heard very positive things about the new Black Bolt book. Um, just that it's it's the first time he's ever had a solo title and it's doing really well for them. Um, and I know that Black Panther is Black Panther. They didn't even give the the Black Panther like tie-in books that they were coming out. Like the actual like like they were doing a new version of the crew. They gave that like mm-hmm. three issues before they canceled it. Which is yeah, I'm not sure how well that Black Panther book is doing. I'm not sure. Yeah, sales wise. I think it's doing. I know right, they were excited to get Tana Hesse Coates to write it, but mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know how much, how many mo- things it's moving. But at, at this point, Marvel, the fact that there was a Marvel executive, I, I think we touched on this, it's long enough ago where we might have actually touched on it in the last episode, but like we did mention at least a little bit how there was a Marvel executive that said that, at least tried to imply that it was diversity that was bringing Marvel's sales down. No, it's not that. It's not that at all. I don't think so. No, it's not. It's 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 the fact that event fatigue plus price, definitely price. I mean, holy crap, oh, yeah. price. Um, plus, just I don't know, like not giving things enough time to to co- coalesce. You know, the fact that this crew series lasted three issues and then they canceled it. You can't guess how well a book is going to catch on after three issues. You just can't. It's been that case for years, you know? Sandman was not an instant hit. Going back to years and years and years ago. You know? Same thing with, uh, um, now, uh, Starman. Starman was a book that grew and evolved. You're naming DC books, I just want to point out. I am well aware. Uh, books that were that were good that wound up catching steam uh runaways actually when runaways first came out nobody expected anything from that ultimate spider-man ultimate spider-man was flash in the pan nobody expected anything from the ultimate line when that got released and then bam it became a freaking tentpole for marvel for years you know not a spoiler for the movie but almost the entire spider-man homecoming movie is based on ultimate spider-man hmm you know, like it's not, yeah, like general tone. I'm talking about, like, like I mean, there's character choices that are way different, and so so's the plot. It's just like that movie would not exist without Ultimate Spider-Man. Well, yeah, I figured, yeah, but it's just, I don't know. Like they're they're making decisions that just don't actually make sense to me right now. And as a company, if they want to have any chance. It's a complete flip of from a few years ago, but if they want any chance of catching up to DC, they gotta rethink shit. They gotta reshape think shit fast. It's not by copying DC with rebirth and shit like that. It's just putting out books that have joy in them. Books that have writers that seem like they actually want to be writing the books as opposed to editorial stepping in. Again, I feel like I'm talking about DC three years ago. But yeah, it's just I don't know. Like I don't I don't know what I don't know what to tell them at this point. Other than just yeah. do, do your freaking jobs. I don't know. The um what is it? Bendis on Iron Man right now is like it's good. I like Riri. She's an interesting character. Uh I like what Bendis is doing with her. I really like the Doctor Doom stuff, but yeah. that's the best Bendis has written since he stopped writing Avengers. What about Jessica? Like his um Dad, I, I'm not really, I'm not feeling. Hmm. I I read the original Alias run, so, yeah, so I'm, yeah. you know, I can't remember if I read Pulse. I think I did. Yeah. But um, I just picked up the first trade actually from uh, Midtown Comics uh, anniversary sale uh, earlier this week, so I'll check it out. So there's a bit in that book where, and this is not spoiling the main story, mm-hmm. but it's kind of the B story that's running throughout. Her and Luke sure. are broken up again. Yeah. And then there's some really, as a parent, this is really weird. Um, she's hiding her daughter from Luke. And her daughter's with someone else. And Luke's looking for his daughter. 
and she won't tell him. And it's just the weirdest thing for a mother to be doing, mm-hmm. and it makes no sense whatsoever. And I listen to Word Balloon. Bendis has four kids, most of them girls, I think. So mm-hmm. for him to write that in there just doesn't make uh, any sense whatsoever. Weird. Yeah. As a, as a, as a, a, a parent, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And I know there are parents out there that are messed up, and if that's what he's trying to write, <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah. But it doesn't come across as genuine or realistic. Fair enough. And that that threw me from the book. Yeah. But anyway, I was saying his guard, Bendis's Guardians run was total crap. Here's, mm-hmm. um, not crap. It was fun, but it wasn't inspired. I like the stuff with him and Kitty, like actually, like uh, you know, Kitty Pride and uh, and and Star Wars. Star Wars. Like, yeah, that, yeah. That actually worked pretty well. That was interesting. Here's what threw me for a loop, though, is like that ended and they all had their own designs and stuff like separate from the movies. And the movies came out, I think, right as that launched or the first movie did. Mm -hmm. But they kept their designs separate, right? Then go and look at any preview you can find or the free comic book day issue that they launched. And they're flying the same, the new Guardians with Aaron Cooter on art, Mm -hmm. whom I love. Yeah. But I cannot stand this new book because they're literally copying everything from the movies now. Mm-hmm. They're flying. Uh, they're they're flying the Ravager Ravager ship. I forget yep. what it's called, mm-hmm. the Mako or whatever they called in the first movie. Uh-huh. It's the blue with the orange. Yeah, looks exactly like that. Really? Everybody else looks exactly the same. Um, did, did they give Drax a makeover to look more like he does in the uh, in the movie? No, he's still simplified. Okay. But I think his. I almost want to say his personality changed. What really mm. sucked is in the last issue, they introduced Guardians 2 version of Yondu. Wait, what? Yes. What the hell? So the Michael Rooker version of Yondu, the blue guy with the shortened mohawk, walks in the middle of the issue, the most recent issue of Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh-huh. And then, because I, I was flipping through it, and then... Uh, there's some bit about how he stole Peter Quill as a kid and raised him and stuff. And I'm like, I don't think that works with any of the true past nope. Peter Quill Marvel continuity, much less any of the Spartak stuff that yeah. um, Bendis established over sure. the last three years. And, and the fact that, yeah, I mean, like, what, what the hell are they going to do next? Tell us that, Jay, that Jason isn't, isn't his father in the comics and that it's freaking, uh, you know, yeah, ego. ego. Like, no, man, you don't need yes. to align. That that's actually that's that's something that that I'll scream out that Marvel tries way too hard is you don't need your comics to entirely reflect your movies. You don't. Look back to X-Men comics back when they still gave a shit about uh, about the X-Men movies over at Marvel. Like Jean Grey was fucking dead when those movies were coming out. And yet it was still some of the best Marvel uh, comics that were coming out at the time because you had at, back in the days of the first X-Men movies you know you had the Morrison stuff coming out at, at the mm-hmm. time and then later on you had Baker's run which was absolutely terrific um, then later on Bendis came along and did his stuff which was also really good but still like none of that resembles those movies in any way and yet yeah. Captain America I feel like they tried that at least with the, with the, with the uniform mm-hmm. Sud- suddenly he looked like um, like movie cap uh, Iron Man, same thing. I mean, Invincible Iron Man and Matt Fraction 
says this to this day that he, he didn't do it on purpose, but that yeah, wind up that wind up really well with the first Iron Man movie. But his his run was excellent. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. But um, I forget there's there's some other comic more recently than than Guardians of the Galaxy that was a pure, pretty much a pure movie clone. I can't remember what it is now. Yeah, it's driving me nuts. Oh, uh, well, wait, well, wasn't it? Didn't didn't uh, DC do that with Suicide Squad? Like, didn't their Suicide Squad suddenly become movie Suicide Squad? Like in in mm. in group? Or am I or am, am I thinking wrong? No, they still have like Zod is on there or. Kind of okay. is and isn't on there now. Okay. Um, Maybe it was a Marvel movie. Deadshot hasn't changed to a black man in there. Um, <laughs> okay. Good. No, I, no. I really think I notice it more Marvel in Marvel comics than yeah. I do uh, DC books. Honestly, Thor's look certainly didn't change because they they took Thor's look from the comics in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But no, dude, certainly Civil, this sorry. Guardians of the Galaxy Civil War I think II. has been the worst worst uh, culprit. Yeah, Civil War 2. That entire comic yeah, exists yeah. because of Civil War the movie. And that was a waste. That was a dumb... Yeah. Killed Bruce Banner for no reason. And hey, you're going to bring him back again it's okay. somehow. He got better. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Cosmic Cube. Yeah. Like, we all know that's going to happen at Secret Empire. Is Secret Empire so have you, anything Have you been all? reading any of that at all? Uh, I... No, I have not. Okay, it's uh, I have I'm up to date in comicsology, so if you get the itch, okay, go right ahead. Do you own um, issue one? Because I don't remember seeing issue one in there. No, it's in there. It's in there. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's just out of order because there's a zero, uh-huh. and then there's issue one, and then there's the free comic book day issue. Gotcha. Which takes place after, between after issue zero, one, zero and, and one. one. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So. So here, okay, you know what? You you can spoil me on this because I know enough about what's what's been going on. Um, so is this second Steve Rogers inside of Steve Rogers' head, or is it another reality? Have we gotten there yet? Like, do we know? Uh, we have not gotten there yet. It's right. unclear. Okay. And what what's really driving me nuts is that the purpose of those stories is as yet unclear, mm-hmm. because you know. A bearded Steve, as we'll call him, yeah. will appear with Bucky, mm-hmm. who I guess is currently dead. Yeah, killed off in I think an issue of the Thunderbolts. Okay, the last issue of that series. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think uh, I saw on Bleeding Cool or something. Baron Zemo strapped him to a rocket ship again and threw him <laughs> out into the ice. Yeah, because like that, his original <laughs> death. That's hilarious, but yeah, we totally know that's not going to stick. Um, so he is there, and then somehow Sam Wilson is also in this. Uh, jungle bearded Steve universe. Okay. And Sam Wilson is currently a freedom fighter right. uh, in New Mexico or something like that. Which makes me think even further this is probably happening inside his own head. Possibly. And then some villain in the last issue, number five, I think, some villains jumped in and started attacking them out of nowhere. Okay. So I don't, it's unclear where this is going right now. It just looks like a waste of pages. <laughs> Which, a which, definite which, waste yeah. of pages was the issue with Ultron, Hank Ultron on the cover. Uh-huh. That issue was a total waste. So I've I've heard so far, and you know, you can tell me if I'm wrong or not on this. So far, Secret Secret Empire has done the following. Um it has created character assassination for Hank McCoy. Beast. Because 
Well, that started a while ago. Right, but they've continued that, and to the point of, like, essentially no return. Like, him being a frickin' uh, sympathizer with uh, with Cap's regime, like, does not jive with anything that they've done with the Beast up until now. Yeah. Um, the fact that... And this is the most hilarious part. I read this online, and I cracked the hell up. They retconned which social media was mentioned in Civil War Frontline. Yeah, that was in the Captain America <laughs> issue. Yeah. Like, do you even know what a MySpace is became, do you even tweet, bro? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> which was, which I just, I had to applaud that. That was actually really, and, really cute. So the, the, I think one of the dumbest things about Secret War or Secret Empire yeah. is, uh, God, they got rid of this. It's like their crisis thing is secret, you know? Um, so Tony is running around in his 60s classic armor, except okay. it's not Tony. It's the artificial intelligence that Tony built before he went into his coma at the end of Civil War II. <sighs> and this artificial intelligence hologram somehow yeah. is uh, able to occupy and run this classic armor. So it's not even and the, it's not even the, the Sean Chen AI? Like this is, this is different entirely? Like... This is a new AI that Ugh. was is being established by Bendis in the Invincible Iron Man book with okay. Riri Ironheart. Okay. And in that book, he's basically supposed to be like the Jarvis AI mm-hmm. in in the movies. Yeah. But instead, he has a a physical manifestation, like the artist actually draws him. Yeah. But they can't resist using Tony so much, so bad. Yeah. That the artist is drawing Tony as Tony. Yeah. And then they're just coloring him blue or red, whatever the color is, AI is, hologram is. Come on. Really? So I wouldn't be surprised if a later version of the trade, if they just went back and recolored him like a normal human being. (laughs) Just have him be Tony the entire time? Because nobody is talking to him like he's an AI. (laughs) They're all talking to him like he's the real Tony Stark. Oh, my God. This, This is just, no, yeah, this was the last second change. You I know this. I don't know. This is just like how, you know, Clone Thor in Civil War. But they, they I listened to, to um, what's his name? Nick Spencer was on Word Balloon recently. Yeah. And he was like, never have two events so lined up into each other perfectly, yeah. more perfectly than Secret Empire and Civil War Two. Really? Because, you know, and I'm like, okay, so I guess the Miles and Cap thing is going to come into play in Secret Empire. Uh-huh. Uh, with him impaling Cap, hopefully. Yeah. But, you know, if that's the case, then why are you writing... Then why is... To, like, to, this version of Iron Man, Tony Stark's AI, is fucking leading teams on missions in this book. Interesting. And he's he's running the Resistance, this AI. And it's like, you're an AI. You're not a person. Well, I mean, like, I mean, there, there have been. I know it's advanced and stuff, yeah. but it doesn't make it. The fact that they're all treating him as regular Tony, yeah, is stupid. It's almost right. as if they're like, okay, because it's not this like is Tony. It's not like we Vision, know he's going to come back to life right, and remember like, like all the stuff who's too. A full android, you know? It's, yeah, yeah. Eh. And I think what's also bugging me is that. Um, so there's a there's a time Secret Empire Zero should really be called a one. Because it's a f- double-sized issue, yeah. It's 
Ecto is number one, but Secret Empire Zero is when the shit actually goes down, and they take over the the United States. And then you jump to number one, mm-hmm. and it's been an unknown amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then now the rest of the series, basically from one to ten, I guess this thing's going to run ten issues. Yeah, is all the Resistance stuff, and it's like you spent no. They spend no time whatsoever setting up the the Secret Empire world and how it's that different from before. I, and I and I love how they're they're like doubling down on the oh no 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 Cap was always evil, like his his yeah, his, his Hydra world his Hydra world was the original world and then we came and made everything shiny and rosy like nah nah man the the weirdest thing is that in Secret Emp- I think it's Secret Empire Zero, um, Cap steps into this pool and like what's his name um. Remember the guys from Shield that Hickman was writing that he never finished? Secret, Secret Warriors. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. I'm sorry. You mean the uh, like like yeah like we don't like Leonardo da Vinci and those Leonardo guys. da Vinci. Yeah, and yeah. So one of those members of the Shield mm-hmm. s uh, you know dot yeah, the yeah, yeah. ancient organization, not the current one. Right. Is somehow a member of Hydra, and saying that this is the real way of the world or whatever to set what? that up, and Come then. On. Um, What's his name? Tesla or um, not Nicodemus? The whatever ancient guy they had locked up in that Hickman series is also in that first in that zero issue in this crazy pool that they shove Steve Rogers down to make him remember the memories or some weird shit like that. Uh-huh. So it's like pulling from that, and it's like okay, that's cool, but no way were those guys evil. Right. If you were reading those series, there's no way they were Hydra. Yeah. No way, and, and I'm sure that uh, I'm sure the Hickman feels you know hunky dory considering that I think that final issue is finally done. Oh uh, yeah, Dustin Weaver I think has said he's working on it or it's done. I yeah. can't remember. Oh, but it's on his Facebook page. So the other thing that uh, boggle bothers me is this whole like Cap is Hydra or Cap's a Nazi thing. Now it's I think that's what I was alluding to earlier when they're. Mm. Uh, pulling from the movies too much. So because the movies made Hydra a section of a World War II Nazi party, now it reflects the same way in the Marvel Universe instead of it being a separate terrorist organization like it always was okay. who may or may not have um, you know, operated with the Nazis in World War II. I don't remember reading any stories about that mm-hmm. before the movies started coming out with this idea, but that idea is now totally ingrained in uh, the Marvel Universe. Well, like, you know, they made Hydra into the Nazis and therefore Cap is a Nazi. And it's like, that's not the way it was. That's just, that's you, you know, uh, appropriating the movie continuity to fit your, yeah, your narrative. Going back to what we said earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I... I don't know, man. I, I it's gonna take it's gonna take this whole secret empire thing being over and seeing what happens after this quote unquote Marvel legacy for me to decide whether or not I just need to take a Marvel break for a year or two. Oh, it, if if Steve Rogers is like back yeah. and part of the family at the end of this mm-hmm. or at the beginning of Marvel Legacy, whatever the next yeah. phase of it is, uh-huh. I'm gonna be super pissed. Yeah. Because, like, there's no way yeah. you would ever work with that guy again, regardless of mind control or Cosmic Cube. hologram or Cosmic Cube. There's yeah. no way. They're going to Cosmic Cube it. 
That, that's oh, the, know, it's, the, it's the only way to, to, to solve this, man, is to cosmic cube it. Like, well, that, that is the whole plot of basically the entire Secret Empire series now yeah. is they're trying to reconstitute this Kobic const, uh, cosmic cube from Avengers standoff, yeah. Pleasant Hill, yeah, and to undo whatever the hell Hydra did. The, the, so the, the, that's the main thrust of this series is you're seeing the resistance split up and go on different missions to f- try and find all these different pieces. Mm-hmm. And it's like, really? That's what you're doing? So what you're really? saying is that they're looking for the Dragon Balls? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to read all this at some point. I'm probably not going to like it, but at least I'll have read it. And I still have amazing, I still have amazing Spider-Man to make me happy. That's, that's it, man. Come on. Come on. Ben Riley has a book again. Ben Riley has a book again. 90s with uh say again you cut with out. secret empire yeah. there's the art yeah the other thing i want to complain about with is the art yeah um zero you have hold on it's loading up oh, daniel acuna yeah great artist Full, <laughs> thumbs up yeah steve mcniven not as strong because he's lost uh dexter vines and maury hollowell okay. behind him mm-hmm my personal opinion is that's the best team behind him. Agreed. Anyway. Yeah. Um, good artist. Then for two, three, you know, and five, Andrea Sorrentino, he's the guy that did the the Logan run, Old Man Logan. Okay. And I Vampire, and I can't remember what else he did good in artist. between then. Good artist. Not for this, though. Okay. Not for this, especially when there's a couple of those um, issues after, after issue one. Mm-hmm. It's a different. It's a multitude of artists. Didn't I see Jay Seriously. Lee involved in this? Not yet. Okay. No. All right. But Andrea Sorrentino looks like a cruder version of Jay Lee. Gotcha. And my my biggest complaint with Andrea Sorrentino, oh, he did the Green Arrow run with um, what's his face? That was very good. J- uh, Jeff Lemire gotcha. in the New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. So that worked because it was all one artist, right? So right. the fact that they're, they're breaking it up doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then he likes these monochromatic. He does his own inks and colors. I don't know if he's a digital artist or whatever, but he does all the like front to back his pages. So he likes this monochromatic color scheme. Yeah. But it doesn't work at all in these big scenes with Marvel's colorful costumes because everybody's one shade of red yeah. or one shade of gray and they're they don't he doesn't individually cover color the individual pieces of the characters and stuff and it just it makes to me anyway this is my opinion yeah makes the art fall flat which is not what this story needs when it's already suffering all right i'm gonna make a horrible horrible joke here that i probably shouldn't make but fucking i'm gonna say it anyway um so maybe this is all part of that uh, executive's initiative that there shouldn't be diversity anymore he's just getting rid of all the color That's a terrible joke. I'm glad you said it. Because <laughs> in some people's eyes, you're not a white man. Because <laughs> you're Jewish. Yeah. Even though you're paler than me, probably. Oh, my God, yes. I turn I turn beet red in the sun, yes. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I just... I, let's get rid of this freaking crossover i know that the x-men comics aren't even touching them for the most part 
Um, although now well, I, I bet they will soon. Yeah, I think now they are. Maybe it's just it sucks that the that they launch this whole you know resurrection initiative, and then they're stuck with a freaking crossover almost immediately. Well, it doesn't help that their artists shit the bed on oh, the gold book. God, ooh, that was. You you gotta you gotta leave your personal politics out of the books. You just gotta, you just really gotta. Like I I get it, and I certainly don't agree with his politics. It's just more the fact that the fact that he tried to get it by everybody. And this day and age on the internet, you can't you can't get by with shit, okay? Because people are going to catch it, and then you're gonna get called out on it, and then you're gonna have to explain yourself. And when your explanation is, I have no explanation. And that's exactly what I meant to do. Congratulations, you just lost your job and probably your career. And that's exactly yeah. what happened with him. He he did the last volume of uh, Superman Earth One. He did volume three. Mm-hmm. He did a great job on that. He did Blackest Night Batman. Great yeah. job on that. Sure. Uh, we're talking yeah. about Artie and Syaf, everybody, if yeah. you don't uh, mm-hmm. know who we're talking about here. Yeah. No, he's he's been working in the in the business for years. and He's been one of my favorites for as long as I've noticed him. Yeah. He's a great artist. He's almost like uh, I think they were they were almost positioning I think to put him on Batman behind Andy Kubert. Yeah. At one point in time, it looked like. Yeah. Because he was that good. And and and, and frankly, like it's it's shit like this where sometimes sometimes it's just better for me not to know what your politics are. I'm That's worried just... that Ethan Van Skyver is going to end up like this as well. Van Skyver needs to play it very very carefully at this point because. There have been some reports, man, and I mean, again, I told you, I told you, I'm done with him for that, but I'm also done with him because, frankly, I just don't like his art anymore. It's as simple as that. But I, there's some stuff I've heard about him and his crew that just kind of makes me sick, and I just well, I, there's a lot of that going around right now. Yeah, I guess. yeah, there is, and frankly, it's just I don't know. In, in today's in, in today's times and today's era, man, like you could have your politics. That's perfectly fine. If you mix your politics with your work and you do so with your fans and you do so with your, you know, cr- uh, fellow creators and you do so with uh, the business that you work in, you're just you're just waiting to be blacklisted. You really are. I mean, look what happened to Chuck Dixon. Yeah. What the fuck happened to him? Chuck Dixon. Yeah. Chuck Dixon is a multitude of things. But, yes, it was definitely partially his politics. Um and that was only with DC. Much less, um, what's the guy that did service? Dave Sim. Oh, yeah. Total nut job jerk <laughs> and uh, doesn't do anything now. What about that guy who uh, pretended to be uh, a war vet? Uh, the guy who was writing uh, Stormwatch, Team Achilles. Oh, I don't even know about that. You know about that? Back back in the day, there, there was a, a fuck, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. But yeah, he, he, was, he was writing a Stormwatch book. Was it Stormwatch or Wildcats? See now, now I'm I'm confused about it. It's just I I know that he he was lying about his background uh, as uh, as an army vet, and they found out, and he immediately lost his job because no shit, like you lie on your resume like that, and like you're toting that in interviews and stuff like that, and bye guy. That's yeah. It. Yep. It's even worse when they end up like Justiano. Oh. Ugh. Yeah. Let's not let's not go there. Let's Man, I'm, God, I loved his art so bad. Yeah, well, he turns out to be a f- perv. Ugh. I know, I know. Yeah. That's the like that's the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. 
not even your politics, but that just ugh. right that there was that writer too that the same thing happened to. I'm trying to remember. I can't buy. I'm blanking on it right now. It's getting late. But anyway, yeah. So that's that's that with that. Uh, I think this is a perfect time for us to end on this episode. Uh, anything you want to pimp? Of course, there's stuff for you to pimp because you got you got stuff going all over the place now. I do. I have stuff to pimp. I have stuff to pimp now. Pimp. It's been that long since we recorded together <laughs> that I started in my own YouTube channel. Yeah. Called BK's Bullets. <laughs> <laughs> which, 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 by the way, if you did want to ever syndicate that in, in audio form on the on the uh, you know on the RSS, you're welcome to. Okay, I'll see if I can figure out how to do it in iMovie. All right, cool. Um, if not, I can. Do it so, for you. let me let me begin the plug. I basically started this. Uh, I wanted to do it on my personal channel, and then I remembered. Oh yeah, I have a bunch of like concert videos and stuff with yeah. copyright strikes. So I started my own YouTube channel. It's under mm-hmm. BK's Bullets, BK apostrophe S Bullets, and my wonderful wife made a very nice intro for me and a very nice graphic. It is very lovely. Banner is very nice, and um, so basically I'm using a a camera and recording it in the man cave upstairs, and I've done um, two movie reviews so far. I did a piece on the Secret Empire and. Uh, Batman proposing to Catwoman, and I'm trying to keep it mainly um, comics focused. I'm not trying to do any like, you know, uh, video. I'm trying to just keep it comics, like not nerds in general. Right. I'm trying to focus on the niche because um, I don't. I looked at a few um, comic book YouTube stuff out there, and it doesn't seem like there's any real. I don't know. I guess opinion based stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So. We'll see where it goes. I'm just trying to have some fun right now. All right. And uh, I need to record a few more episodes, but I'm having fun with the, um, like I did a, a review of the button parts one and two. Ian, don't watch it because you haven't read it. <laughs> yeah. I spoil the, the shit out of it. But I've heard, the I've nice heard thing about a couple about, of things already, so I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too spoiled okay. uh, and uh, feared. But the nice thing I'm able to do with the stuff I read digitally is take, you know, screenshots yes. of the issue. Yes. And then use their high quality enough to put in the in the video, so I can I can pull up a screenshot of what I'm talking about. And I'm trying to do that when I'm talking about individual issues or storylines. So nice, just to break it up a little bit from my face. All right, very cool. So you can you can find that there, and please like, comment, subscribe. Yeah, got a little catchphrase. See you in the funny pages. It's cliche, I know, but yeah. Hey, sorry. And you've got your and you've got your three hour monster you put out about uh, E3. Yeah, so it's kind of weird. Like the YouTube version of BK's Bullets is all comics, but the comic timing version on <laughs> podcast form of BK's Bullets is all video games. We planned so this through beautifully, I, I must say. We yeah. we might not syndicate the YouTube stuff on here, yeah. so as not to confuse people. <laughs> I, I think I think honestly, I don't think anybody's really gonna be confused. It's gonna be your voice anyway, man. But uh, well, I yeah. also too, I'd, I'd rather get the views on YouTube yeah. in case I decide to turn on ads and never yeah. try and make money that way. <laughs> Probably not going to happen. I'm just having fun. At but. least, at least embed them on the site. Like you can, you can do that. You can, you can definitely do YouTube embeds on the comic timing sites. So everybody gets a, 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 you know, a way to watch them uh, when they're released. They'll show up on uh, people's uh, feeds and whatnot. <laughs> well, let's think about doing it on the. Um, Comic Timing Facebook page, That's but I wanted right your express too. written permission, vocal permission before I do that. Down. Yeah, it's still it's That's, still it's still CT related content. It's all good. Okay, yeah. it's your it's your baby. It's your podcast, <laughs> so I don't want to. 
And um, I know I have the co-host title, but yeah. you yeah. own it. Yeah, no, you're down with it, especially especially you when I've been when I've been waxed on releases and shit. Please, the more content we have, the better. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Very cool. So yeah, YouTube.com/slash BK's Bullets for all that stuff. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, you, the episode before this was the C2E2 tapes, so go ahead and check that out. And the episode after this should be our uh, our summer movie uh, roundup. We'll probably talk about some stuff that we're looking forward to uh, in the future as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, just go ahead and stay tuned for that. And uh, we will see you on the next time. You're probably getting at least two to three episodes in the month of July. So call us our catch-up, to say the least. Because uh, yeah, we, we got a lot of stuff. Plus, we're still, if I ever feel like it, uh, releasing it, the uh, audio from those. Uh, that failed session that I might still eventually get back to. I I, I will admit to all of you listeners of Comic Timing, I, I got a little bit burned out, and I'm glad that we took a bit of a break, and I'm actually a little bit more into it this time around. So we will check it out in the future, and Casino, I will talk to you next week. Yes. All right, and uh, the email address for Comic Timing is comictiming.gmail.com. Facebook.com slash comic timing for all of the conversation. Uh, send us an iTunes review on iTunes if you would like. That's graciously appreciated. And we're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network over at comicspodcast.com and the League of Comfort Podcasts over at comfortnoise.com slash league. Once again, check out Brandon Christopher. He is at the Davidon on Twitter. At Casina B is Mr. Casina. And I am at I am Sci-Fi on there as well as on the instas. So for Casina, for Christopher, for Nevinstein, that's me. There's always time for comics. <laughs>